Donald Trump went to Kenosha and he called the violence there domestic terrorism. And I think he's right just based on everything we've seen across this country. When you have people walking up to, you know, people who are eating at their diners and they're demanding they raise their fists and they're threatening people and their uh, their businesses, their homes, they're vandalizing their homes. They went to the condo of the mayor of Portland and they threw flaming garbage into the lobby of his uh, into one of the one of the restaurants of his building. So so anyway, we got a lot to talk about here. There's a lot there's a lot going on, but far be it from me. I mean, look, I'm the guy who stopped going on the ground. I used to do it all the time. And so I'm sitting here thinking, you know, we we, we got to get somebody who knows what's going on. So we did. And we got a guy right here. That's this, this, what's your name? Who my are name, you? My name is Elijah Schaefer, but people call me slightly offensive and they I think we were talking about this earlier. They people think it's my real name. Like they don't get like Tim Cast or is not your real name, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's like me, like, hey, Mr. Cass. So they always call me like, yo, Slightly, what's up? Slightly. But my mom didn't name me that. <laughs> it's not your Christian I think, name. I think my, <laughs> I think the, the, the maiden name of my, fam, my, my Korean family is Lee. Really? Slight, slightly, yeah. <laughs> of course, of course it is. Perfect. Slightly. <laughs> slightly. I love it. So oh, there's, a, there's a lot of funny stuff to talk about. Nancy Pelosi was caught getting her hair done. They actually went into a closed down salon Man, I, I hate these people. I, I, I hate to say it because I, I don't like to hate anybody, but we've seen it over and over again. The Democrats flaunting their own lockdown rules. The mayor of, it was the mayor of Philadelphia, right? Yeah. This guy, this mayor of Philadelphia locks down indoor dining. And then he goes, where did, where Off did in Maryland. And then he went to Maryland yeah, to, get, to go indoor dining. Through. Did you see de Blasio too in New York who had just tweeted that everyone needs to wear a mask was caught outside walking a dog with no mask? Yeah. And who they went, they went hiking thought? for miles. Yeah, man. And then and it's 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 just I don't even I don't even know what to say anymore to most people like we do we all know that the media is lying and the Democrats are lying. I mean, like you can criticize Trump. I say it all the time, but they're like Trump is encouraging violence. Like Trump Trump has been calling for law and order nonstop for months. He's been screaming about it. But you turn on the news and they're like that Trump calling for more violence. Joe Biden's campaign staff, they, 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 you know, they paid the bail fund for a lot of these people. And then Kamala Harris directly solicited this stuff. But the media narrative is just, you know, yeah. Yeah, but people are, getting, people are smart about this because if you look at even John MacArthur, pastor in L.A., you know, when he opened it back up his church, he said, this is a protest, right? This is a, right, pro right, this is right. a protest. It was very smart. And even with Trump messing around with that too, saying, oh, yeah, yeah, I know. We're just protesting peacefully out here. I think people see through the BS at this point. If you talk to the average person, it actually gives me hope. If you, if you just kind of casually in a grocery store bring up with someone like, oh, hey, yeah, you know, these masks, I mean, are they really working the way they're saying? People are like, man, I, I, I mean, I'm just wearing them that. because I've got to because I've I've got to wear one. And and I when you talk to the average person though, for the most part, they don't really know what's going on, but they know something fishy is going on at least. Like they seem to be suspicious of what's happening. Well, I think when you see the the mayor of Philadelphia saying you can't eat inside, you know it's dangerous, and then he looks at his watch and he's like, I'm gonna go to Maryland and go eat inside. I don't believe them. You saw Not, Chicago. Well, Chicago what? said they're gonna give awards to people who can figure out how to creatively. Uh, um, help people to dine outside during winter. And then another creator named Fleckos was like, yeah, it's called indoor dining. <laughs> <laughs> that is very creative. I, I, I get the whole, uh, I get the mask thing. I, I, I think a lot of people have, it's, it's, it's the weirdest, the mask thing is the weirdest thing to me because conservatives early on were the ones championing masks. When, when they were saying don't buy masks and Fauci's on TV being like, nah, I don't buy a mask, I ain't gonna do anything. I remember Cassandra Fairbanks being like, I'm buying a mask, you guys are crazy. And now it's flipped. 
And now they're like, you Wait, gotta you, wear a mask. You think you think the right was pro mask? They in the were pro mask. It's a fact. Who who other than Cassandra was was pro mask? Go. Uh, you're gonna have to off the top of my head. I'm not gonna be able to give you names other than Cassandra. But you go on Twitter and when when COVID was first happening, end of January into February, yeah, a bunch of conservatives were like, was this I, the dude, CPAC when everyone was freaking no. out about CPAC? Dude, I got a message from somebody saying, yo, they just said don't get masks. You better go buy masks now. They're contrarians. And, no, no, I don't think it's about being contrarian. No, I just, I, I yeah, maybe actually you're right. Because I, I think I don't that's know. why it flipped. Yeah. Because I'll, t- I'll tell you this, I, I, no, nobody seems to have any idea what the mask thing is about. It, it's the weirdest thing to me when like Herman Cain died, right? That dude was awesome, by the way. I watched. I don't know if you saw that documentary, Uncle Tom. Have you I know, seen it? No, I haven't seen it. I know the creator, but I, I feel bad. He's probably gonna watch this, and I'm, I have not watched it yet. Dude, Herman Cain. It was, it was amazing when he died. He, uh, they said he, you know, he had COVID and he wasn't wearing, he wouldn't wear a mask. And I'm like, but that's not what they've been telling us. They're telling us to wear a mask to, so you don't get other people sick. Are they implying that he, he, he died, he had it, and he could have gotten other people sick? If that's the case, then why does it matter that he, you know, he lost his life, that he, that he died? It's, it's because they're insinuating it was supposed to protect him while they're simultaneously arguing, arguing it's supposed to protect other people. And so that's what, n- nothing seems to make sense. I see, con- I see people on the right posting this saying, you know, oh, it's not going to protect you anyway. And I'm like, no, it's so you don't spit on people. It's like to reduce you spitting on people. That's just like very obvious. If you wear a mask, you won't spit on somebody. You but know you know, on a, on a funny note, this isn't even scientific, but I love um, this YouTuber <laughs> who walked around and asked people if their underwear uh, protects them from, from smelling farts. And then he uses that as his argument against masks. It, I know it's stupid, yeah, but it made I know, me laugh. But it made listen, me laugh. man, let's be real. It does protect you from sharts. Yeah. <laughs> so if somebody's true, yeah. in my house. <laughs> Very true. Okay, but, but I, I do want to say this about the mask. So I, for the first time out in Fort Worth, Texas, I went to an AMC, which is, I believe is a Chinese-owned company. And it said on the door that you cannot wear um, N95 respirators, yeah. neck gaiters, bandanas, or any type of face cloth covering. You have to wear certified uh, full face coverings of the nose to the chin. You can buy them at the front desk as according to the World Health Organization, not even the CDC. So I know that this mask debate is not just, you know, I guess it's not just associated with one partisan side. I mean, people are kind of confused even on the business side of things. I'm not, I'm not concerned about masks, man, to be, to be completely honest. I, I really, I, someone sent me a really cool mask, got a little beanie on it, and it fits really well. And I go to the store, I'll put it on, I take it off when I come out of the store. The bigger issue for me is that the, the curve's gone. The, the sunbelt spike everyone was worried about turned out to be nothing. It's, it's gone away. We're seeing that it's, it's like over. I mean, it's, it's great. I, New Jersey just reopened indoor dining, uh, 25%. And uh, parts of California are starting to be completely reopened. 25%. You know, I, have you seen those studies? I mean, some people say it's 30, 60, 80% of restaurants, at least by 2021, are going to close permanently. I mean, 25%. Oh, yeah. uh-huh. These restaurants are having a hard time. I mean, I have friends in the restaurant business. I mean, these are very successful people. And I know firsthand that they have a hard time even sometimes reaching profitability uh, totally. with, with full capacity, yeah. especially if people aren't, let's say, perusing and buying a lot of alcohol, you know, because they make a huge profit margin there. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but like, it's a slap in the face to open up at 25% capacity. Might as well stay closed and live on PPE or something. Well, I don't know my, my point is for the most part that I, it, it's like, it's over. They're, they're reopening everywhere. We're seeing like some areas with no restrictions anymore, totally reopened. Like Florida, I'm told, is basically just reopened completely. A bunch of the Republican states never really fully locked down and won't anyway. Yeah, they're- Fort Worth is pretty – do you know – okay, so I'm not going to out this because – so we have a the, the bar scene 
went into like full speakeasy during this and like there's some speakeasies there's one local one which i can't talk about but you get into the kitchen and i think they cleared <laughs> nearly uh, between half a million to a million in alcohol sales in one month in a small speakeasy during the initial few weeks shutdown nowhere else to go huh Nowhere else to go, my friend. Black all right, all right, all right. Well, anyway, anyway. Strong start. Uh, yeah, a, a great introduction. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for joining us. If you haven't already, smash the like button. And don't forget to subscribe. We're live Monday through Friday at 8 p.m. We'll have clips up uh, every day. And we got a lot, we got a lot to talk about. But uh, Elijah, we got to talk about the riots, man. Oh, we, we have a lot to talk about. Because people have seen the clips, but they don't get a lot of the context. You are on the ground. Yeah, I, I unfortunately my life's been on the ground for 27 years. <laughs> no, I mean no, I have been you, I've been on the ground watching things that I never thought I would see with my my eyes like face to face. You were just in Kenosha? I was in Kenosha for longer than I thought and you know what's weird about that? Kenosha, people don't realize Kenosha's a little bit north of Chicago. Yep. I was actually in Chicago covering Black Lives Matter unrest when the riots broke out in Kenosha. Interesting. And I had to get a rental car and go drive up to Kenosha. How long did it take you to get there? Like a, like a half hour, forty five minutes? Ninety minutes. Ninety, really? It took me ninety minutes. Where? I don't, I don't, I don't know why. Maybe it was traffic. Maybe what, what, was it was traffic. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was. There was toll roads and just weird yeah, stuff. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. were you on the south side of Chicago with with the riots, or was it like downtown? Um, well, specifically, I was in, I was in downtown. Um, I was staying at the Hotel Chicago, which is not that glamorous, but it's all right. It's like a three star hotel. It's what you get in the media business. It's like, it's like kind of gross looking, isn't it? Like on the inside. You know, <laughs> Chicago always feels like somebody's going to come out with like a Tommy gun and, and light you up. The hallways are always oh, too no, dim. Oh, no, no, no. They, they come out with, it with, like, with like a Glock and they'll, you know, turn I know. it sideways. <laughs> well, it feels, it feels like you have 1930s, 1940s organized crime, you know, decor and feel. Yeah. But with like a modern, like, uh, you know, South Side gang kill you with a Glock kind of cool. mentality. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting because you used to have the Chicago accent and it's kind of gone away now. So where it used to be, a, a, you know, look, scene, you know, they pull out the gun. Now it's just a regular guy being like, how do you do, sir? This is my gun. <laughs> Bang. And you're like, oh, I'm dead. Well, Chicago, Chicago, what people don't realize, too, is, is uh, there was a free R. Kelly um, protest going on there, which apparently he has a whole cult in Chicago that follow him like a god. But in order to, to calm the riots and the looting, you're talking about on every city block in Chicago right now, or at least last weekend that I was there between seven to 10 squad cars per block with about 20 to 30 officers posted like a post-apocalyptic, just heavy police presence. Like I, I, are they hiring people out of, you know, out of like their house? And I don't know where they got all these cops from. I really this, didn't even wait, know. Wait, so this was because of the looting in Chicago? Yeah, because Lori Lightfoot and the, and the commissioner decided that obviously they were getting bad PR. There's only a certain amount of, of looting and, and rioting that you can allow in your city. <laughs> There's a finite it should amount. be yes. zero, but well, all right. I mean, I mean, well, I counted at least three buildings completely destroyed just next to my hotel. Wow. Um, really, really sad stuff. It really, I mean, when you look at it, it you, if you live in a big city, you know exactly the scene I'm talking about. Unfortunately, it's it's more cities than just Chicago. But what it was was a complete occupation, a police occupation. So if you want to talk about less police, actually – by allowing the rioting, you're causing an increased police presence. If you had just stopped it in the beginning, then you wouldn't have all these police out. But it, I have never seen, I'm, t I'm telling you, Tim, Lydia, I have never seen that many police in maybe a 12-city block area. It was basically the whole, at least, at least half of the department would have just been there all day. 
And, and that's not going to stop if the riots go to the neighborhoods. Chicago's huge. And they did. Black Lives Matter went to Whitney. Instead, they went to Whitney High School in Chicago, and they marched to the neighborhoods yelling. And I'm not making this a race issue. They were pointing out, hey, look at those white people up there. Yeah. Look at, okay, you come down here. You join us. And they started blasting rap music, which... Which it was sounded pretty lit actually. It was pretty good, you know, pretty good sound system they had. The mobile sound system, they started blasting it to wake up the neighbors, get them out, screaming at them, pointing left and right. You white folks, get down here! And there was a real racial tension in the suburbs. And I've seen this in in Seattle, in Portland. I mean, we're seeing this across the country. That that even as we increase security in the cities, they are coming to our houses. And I'm not fear mongering. I've been saying it, man. It's earlier in the year, or even last year. I mean, three years ago, I was like, "Man, it looks like civil war," and a bunch of people were saying things like, "Oh, calm down, everything's fine." And it wasn't like me just making things up. I I, I reference this all the time. It was, a, it was an article in the Atlantic saying, you know, tensions are escalating, possibly civil wars becoming real, and then a lot of these these predictions that I made, they were not grandiose predictions, but they, they started coming true. Like, I was like, oh, man, I, I think we're going to start seeing major riots based on what we saw with Trayvon Martin and Michael Brown. This is going to keep happening. Then Eric Garner. And then people are like, oh, calm down. There's not going to be, you know, racialized protest. And then boom, there it, there it goes. And then riots. And then it gets worse and worse and worse because the media fans the flames. But I'll tell you this. Part, part of what, you know, leads me to where I am speaking in terms of, you know, not Wisconsin and stuff. I was in Wisconsin in I think it was 2016. Not, I, don't, I think it was 2016 where there were there was rioting because this dude got shot and killed it was, it was a black dude and when i was there there were a bunch of people yelling things like get the white people and an 18 year old white kid got shot in the neck with a 22 he wasn't even part of the protest he wasn't anywhere near it this was in milwaukee he was just like crossing the street and someone saw him and shot him and he took a bullet in the neck fortunately it was wow. a 22 but it did hit his spine and so but so again look this is not i think the good people in this country, no, it's not about race, but there are certainly racists in this country who want it to be. The the kid himself was saved by a black dude, you know, who, who rescued him, and then the cops came in and, and brought him away in an, MP, uh, in, a, in an APC. But it was, there were a lot of racist people, and they were directly targeting people based on race. And so I made a video where I said straight up, it is dangerous to be here if you are at least perceived to be white or perceivably white. So I, I can't cover this anymore. And I made a video about it, and boy, did I get, you know, crapped all over from so many lefties. Like, you're racist. How dare? I'm like, a kid got shot in the neck, bro. And they were yelling, like, get him. Get the white people. And so I was just like, having grown up in Chicago and, and, and seen, look, racism exists across the spectrum. It doesn't matter what your race is. You can be racist. The left tries to deny this. I was like, I can't, you know, I can't be out here. You know, and a lot of, a lot right. of people felt the same, felt, felt similarly. And I was actually, I've been told this by far left activists that white people shouldn't report in you know for poc events i you know what i I'll, i'm gonna share my experience hi my name's elijah i'm a person of colorlessness <laughs> um i will let you know i have a theory we're all people of color I, I think it's such a stupid phrase honestly people of color I, I mean i found out what people of color was in in college because um this is during like the rise of the social justice warrior um you know back in in the early 2010s and i remember that i had used the phrase um the the opposite phrase which was to be colored people and my professor gave me a c minus and told me that was a pejorative um that was that was considered discriminatory now it's it's not 
on on the ADL level, but I I didn't know that. I actually didn't yeah. know. I didn't know that. I'll be honest. When they say that you're ignorant or not woke, I I honestly I just had heard that. And to be fair, I just spoke to some liberal people who use the same phrase recently, and I didn't know. They didn't know that that, that had changed. And she told me it was a person of color. That was the first time I heard of it. And well, I said, that's fine. Okay, cool. I'll use that. It's been offensive for a long time. I just but, didn't know it though. Right, right. The, the the latest thing is that you have to say a person of disability. Or like you know, so you don't say a disabled person. So you don't put you don't put the descriptor before because I mean this is where I'm I'm a bit uneducated and, right. here. And so the social justice narrative is that they're people first. Okay, so not so that's why people of color versus and and people of disabilities and people of whatever else. But but see, this is where it gets weird to me because because when you get down into it, you know this. I said fine, okay, like I I'm okay with that. Okay, I just didn't know that. I'm going fine. I'm in college. I apologize. Whatever. I got a C minus or whatever on the paper for an ignorant mistake according to her and i'm just a you know young kid and i didn't realize it what class was this uh this was (laughs) this is upper division theology like you're getting marked down on your grade because this was the same theology class at azusa pacific university where she said she made us imagine what if jesus was uh homosexual because of the leaning of the chest at the at the last supper and even though not realizing that was an artwork it was basically everything that's wrong with christianity and theology in the modern era and postmodern era anti-theology class it was like one of those theology class that is probably run by an atheist feminist that knows nothing about a personal relationship with jesus christ and claims to uh uh, be a herald and a, a, a sponsor. It was it was it was like seminary, um, and I I remember like I was there and I remember thinking that was weird because I I actually my degree is in molecular biology. That's my 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 focus and genetic engineering and stuff. And I remember thinking person of color, that's that goes against all confines of science. We are all people of color. Like everybody is is everybody. But I'm I'm saying that on, on a scientific politi- term. It's political. I mean, it is, you know. But no. that's but that's where I first got. <laughs> that's where I first started realizing that politics doesn't follow logic. It doesn't follow science. Yeah. It doesn't follow any sort of basis for reason because I'm going. Look, I'm freckled. I'm a person of concentrated color. Like you know, I've got. I'm I'm a I'm a lobster. Like if you look at me on the camera, I'm basically a hue of red or pink like i mean i mean and it's just so weird when i go to these events i don't think about race i don't think about all these things until i go to these events is what i'm trying to say and i'm around these people that are you know fighting me saying you were racist or fighting the white people up there and who's talking about race who's talking about division who's sowing the seeds of discourse and problems in our country it's those who are heralding unification well, they claim to be heralding unification. They're not. They're heralding division, like digitization or balkanization. They want to separate everybody. That's that's one of my biggest problems with everything that, that's been going on. So when you see, you know, like these, these riots, which are seeking to enforce through terror this ideology, then for me, it's it's the same issue, right? That, that's why recently I came out and said I was going to vote for Trump specifically for this reason. Nice. You, you, you've got... Look, there's only there's only so look early on when you see like the SJWs in culture and gaming and all that stuff. It's like, wow, we better do something about this. Now it's in government. Now the CDC, 10 percent of their employees wrote a letter demanding that the CDC declare a national health crisis of racism. And I'm like, is that real? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I believe you. I just wish I wish you were lying. It makes no sense. (laughs) But we've seen cities across the country do it. Declare racism to be a public health crisis. And then what do you do? Like, what, what are you supposed to do with that? Like, oh, because it's true, will you discriminate against people now? Like, I don't, I don't know what you're trying to tell me by saying that's the case. It seems like it doesn't actually make any sense. It's just meant to be a play for power. 
Right. I, you know, and this is where I, I want to bring things up because on one hand, I want to be really fair. And I think that there's a weird faction of the right wing that, that goes, we're all equal. Everybody's got an equal playing field. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But also too, like that kid in the wheelchair probably won't be as good at football as that six foot five, 280 pound freshman. Just, just, I'm not, I mean, I'm not predicting. I'm just going to say there are some things that either we're born with or even our families or socioeconomic status that in the less terms do allow us and make us privileged in their, this is their words, not mine, into having maybe certain opportunities. Do I agree that America is the best place to overcome the disparaging differences and, and, and negativities in your own life? Yes. But I, I, I think that if we're going to have a conversation about, you know, problems economically or culturally in the black community or issues with race relations between white and black people and why that exists based on certain crime stats or issues. I'm okay with that. And I think those conversations should happen, especially in areas of academia. But when you take the intellectually lazy response or approach and just say, well, it's that inherently all white people have internalized misogyny, misogyny, imperialism and racism. That's just racism. Right. But I'm saying like, and we, and we, and we all are somehow against black people. Black people therefore cannot be racist because racism is really discrimination with power. This whole, you know, this whole critical race theory, it's just BS. the, The issue is that the left is overtly racist. They're avowed racists. And I'm not making this up. No, I agree. The uh, Robin D'Angelo, what is, what is that her name? Yeah, Robin yeah, D'Angelo. She's an avowed racist. D'Angelo. So. No, Sponsored not. by corporations. Avowed. Let me show you some proof. Check this out. I got this tweet here from Rod, uh, Rod Dreyer. He says, Northwestern University Law School had a town hall meeting online recently. Everybody began with a ritual denunciation of themselves as racist. The reader, Professor Spetta is not racist. He is a wonderful man universally loved by students. It makes me sad that he is forced to say otherwise. I don't, I, don't, I don't care whether he was forced to say it or not because I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know who the guy is. All I can tell you is this. Here's a text message where Emily Mullen, I don't know who she is, says she's a racist. Sarah Somervoid says she is a racist. And James Spetta says he is a racist. They are avowed <laughs> racist. Stop they listening are, to their opinions. Yeah. I'll tell you this. When, when you see... The Black Lives Matter sign pop up on Netflix or, or I want you to go to the people who run the Boston Red Sox and say, so this person, here's a chapter in their book where they say they're a racist. Is it normal policy for you to build your marketing based off of overt racism? Why do you hate minorities? They straight up say right here they're racist. (laughs) They're saying it to us. (laughs) Why are why is anyone on the left listening to them? (laughs) Listen, this is where my mind fireworks just my brain explodes because what I've always noticed too is it's the people lecturing us that are the ones going hey look man let me let's it's like this being like look man I want to talk to you about your violent tendencies and fixing them I'm a murderer <laughs> I've, I've ripped people's heads yes. off with my bare hands and I want to talk to you about how you're violent and you go wait 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 a second I'm not violent and they go have you ever been mad at someone and you go yeah and they go have you ever had a secret thought that you wanted to take someone's life even even faintly and you go not really and they go well have you ever just like watched a movie and wondered how it's done you go yeah you go see there you go you're a murderer and you go but hold on no i I literally no wait wait wait, wait, hold on (laughs) so look i'm I'm not gonna read uh actually that's 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 an ignorant thing to say i should definitely read white fragility my my understanding of it and to be completely fair is based off of critical analysis from some people make a show out of it and just do it with your audience they would love i would watch it with i'd I'd imagine that the video would get taken down for the thing she says do you know that uh, so so correct me if i'm wrong but she says that she is uncomfortable around black people robin d'angelo or whatever 
She says that when she walks into a room full of black people, she feels uncomfortable. And that's, again, my my understanding is coming from critical analysis from other people. But if that's true, I mean, she's an avowed racist. I don't I don't understand that that feeling. You you know, I I grew up in an area with all these different people, of different races. I don't feel uncomfortable around people. But they know they're racist. See, you, you come up with a good point, and I, and, I, and I can't out these people because now they have really high-ranking high level jobs in big corporations, and they may or may not have a relation to me, so I, can't, I gotta be careful here. But, you know, I've watched them. They're, they're staunch liberals, staunch Democrats on the left. They're not and, liberals. And I, well, I'm just saying, like, according to their own, they're self-avowed, right, right. self-described. And the things they say about uh, minorities in the United States are things I've never thought to even say. And I'm going, no wonder why you think everyone's racist, because you have such racist thoughts about people that you think we all do. Like, like, I, like I, and for instance, I was in an elevator with one of these people, and these Asian people walked in. And this is their words, not mine. Do not take me out of context. And I'm going to use... Just very, don't quote no, them. I'm going to use very subtle... I'm using Just paraphrase tra- translation. It. Yeah, translation. Of like, oh my gosh... Like why they said, why are Asians so like not aware of their social surroundings and so annoying? And I literally sat there and I went, they're standing right there. Like, how would you just say that out loud? Now, this person fights racism. They're against racism, everything. I'm going, well, no wonder why you're fighting racism whenever like an Asian just maybe coincidentally like just maybe is in a conversation ignores you and you assume that all Asians are just ignorant of social spaces in public. That's a discriminatory thought across the board because not all Asians are first generation. So so going going back to the point you made where you're like the murderer says, I've ripped, you know, people's heads off. See, the the counterpoint I would have is if Robin D'Angelo came to me and she told me she was an avowed racist who is uncomfortable around, you know, brown people or black people, whatever. And then she said, have you ever had this thought? I'd say, no. I, I, I can I can honestly say I'm, it's, not, it's not the case. Maybe it's because I come from a you know a mixed race family. No, I wait, don't. Wait, wait, wait. You mixed race family. What's your what's Korean. your ethnicity? Korean. You're part Korean. Yeah, that's why I said my. my... So you're so smart. You know you know what's really funny about this though. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine, and we were talking about YouTube demonetization and like shutting down channels. And I was you know they were saying it's political and they're targeting the right and I said ah, I think it's kind of everybody like my mom makes math tutorial videos and they came and demonetized her and then my friend was like why am I not surprised your Korean mom makes math videos <laughs> and you know the first thing I did was I texted my mom I was like this is amazing and my mom was laughing about it she loved it that was funny because we know it was it was supposed to be mocking the stereotype you know what I mean it was supposed to be it's good humor no 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 the, the idea when 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 this person made this joke was not to insult me. It was to actually like insult the stereotype. It was like there's this silly stereotype, and there here's a joke, and we laugh about it. Like like, it's, like, it's, like 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 and what I don't under, you know how I know that it's all BS because if we can still laugh at racist jokes towards white people, then people still understand that there's a difference between humor and culture and real actual hatred in your heart. Like if you can still make a joke about a white person and be like, you know, like let's say I try to like dunk a ball and I miss or something, and someone goes, "Yeah, nice jump, white boy," and I'm not like I've had a black guy say it to me on a basketball court. Believe it or not. I play basketball sometimes bad at it because I'm left-handed and I've compound fractured my left arm. So the ball always goes a little bit some weird direction. Just but, turn your body slightly. Yeah, you it's very, very, very odd. Like the world uh, right now, just in weird direction. But I but I will say this, that, you know, when someone says, oh, you can't jump. I don't think like, oh, there's a black guy that hates white people. I'm thinking he's just mocking it. Like bl- there's tons of white yeah. people who jump in, in, yeah. in the NBA. Nobody thinks white people inherently can't jump. But there's just stereotypes <laughs> like white people like bland food. White people can't don't dance. dance. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. But like nobody's like if I dance yeah, and it's but- funky and someone says, oh, you can't dance because you're white. I'm not offended. But hold on. There's actually, there, there actually is a good counterpoint to this. 
I see a lot of these lefties say things like white people have no culture, which is derivative of this. Yikes. You've heard this before, though, right? Uh, yeah, I think it's stupid. Like, didn't Trudeau say something in Canada about, like, Canadians have no culture or something? Uh, you what, do you remember that? I don't remember that right off the I, I don't have it pulled what up. What is Trudeau? Who even wants to remember what Trudeau says? Seriously, good point. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a good point. But so deriving from these jokes, people take them seriously. And I think this is a, a perfect example of why you get people on the left who feel the way they do. They literally are racist. They are telling us. They are screaming in our faces. And people, look, man, with all due respect, this guy, uh, Rod, who says, reader, you know, Spetta is not a racist. Um, it's, it's, it's sad he has to say this. I'm like, no, 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 no. Anybody who says they're a racist, I'm going to believe them. You, like, listen, if, if, if you're that spineless to where you're like, you, you, know the, you know the Star Trek thing, there are four lights? No, enlighten, Captain, enlighten me. Captain Picard gets kidnapped by, it's an alien race, I kid you not, called the Cardassians. And they're torched. Yeah. For real. Yeah, they're really gross looking, so don't... You do, know. They have, do they have artificial butts? No, they don't. <laughs> it was well before the, the Kardashians. But anyway, they, they, they're torturing him, and he said, there's four lights in front of him, and he's like, there are five lights. And Picard keeps saying, there are four lights, and like defying that they were trying to force him to believe this. It's very, it's very similar to what we've been seeing lately with the two plus two equals five thing. You've seen that? Yeah, so you have these people right now. If they're saying they're racists, I'll take their word for it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna argue games. I'm not gonna say, oh, they must have been forced to admit publicly that they were racist. I'm mean, like, dude, if you want to come out and say you're racist, I'll take your word for it. I, I don't want to have anything to do with you, and I don't think we should be listening to your opinions if you would say that. Can we talk about this real fast? So there's an organization. It's enough years out. Have you heard of for Teach for America? No. Okay, so Teach for America. I don't even know if it's a nonprofit or if it's a foundation, uh, like political activist group. But essentially, what they do is they try to reverse. Um, teaching and education disparities in lower income neighborhoods by essentially taking gifted college students who may be a little bit directionless, like, you know, they don't have a lot of direction where they're going into basically taking on a one to two year teaching assignment on an accelerated teaching credential in hard hit cities like Chicago, Detroit, Los Angeles, etc. Um, and they do a few great things for you. I'm not, before I disparage them, they, they help pay back your student loans while you're there. That's great. They give you a stipend, they give you a salary, and they give you something to do for a couple of years while you don't know what you're doing with a proper salary with medical. So it's not a bad organization. And, and it's very prestigious, actually. It's kind of hard to get accepted. Um, because of the fact that there's so many college students who are directionless, like they don't have any, they don't so like have all any, of yeah. them basically. So it's like everyone well, hold graduating. On, hold on. You got a degree in microbiology, molecular biology. Yeah. Yeah. And you're a journalist. <laughs> yeah. yeah I happened? actually dropped out of grad school to do this. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So you're not going to be a scientist. You're letting down your, your sign. Your, your I still get messages or... from med school saying, please come to our school. I did really well too. People don't realize this. I didn't like, I almost got a 4.0. In, in, in molecular biology, I did extremely well in my advanced courses, did research, uh, I worked with, on projects for immunotherapy. I, I'm like, believe it or not, I know like my show, it's so funny. Like I, I purposely am just try to be very relaxed and normal like I am in real life. But when, when it comes to the books and math and things, some of us still do maths, you know? Well, so, so what's up with this program you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. So, so, so I, I, I applied to it because um, I missed some of the application dates for some of my grad schools and I was going to just take a year off and I was like, eh, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go do this program. And um, I had to go to the training before we started school. I got my credential. I did all the tests and blah, 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 constitution training. And I, got, I passed everything first time and I'm ready to go. And then I have to go to this training in Los Angeles and... 
the first thing they made us do was to split off into groups of, of being the oppressed or the oppressor. <laughs> what? <laughs> now, I want to tell you this. I, 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 think, I think I was the only... I might have been the only white male the only there. Oppressor. But but there was a group of people. I'm not even going to use heterosexual or anything, but it was basically just like said, if you like women and you're a man or you're a woman and you like men, go to this group, etc. It was weird that we're talking about our our our, our intimate life um yeah. at a teachers thing. Like I'm thinking like I'm not I don't know about you, but when I'm in a room yeah. with strangers, I'm not interested in nope. what's going on there. Yeah. You know what the, you, know, you know what all of this is? It's an exercise in independent function of an individual. If you go into a building and they say, we are going to here, here's a job and we are going to negatively impact your life and your salary and your job if you fit certain criteria. And all you have to do is be like, oh, yeah, I'm gay. Sure. Whatever. And then they, don't, they leave you alone. Well, not for, for Milo. He didn't get away with that. But I was going to say, like, I, you know, what was weird is by the end of this, I was the only person in my own group. I was the ultimate oppressor. And I remember they're like, does anyone have any negative thoughts about this? And I said, yes, I have <laughs> thoughts about this. <laughs> what does this have to do with teaching high school students about cellular function? All I need to tell them is the mitochondria is the powerhouse That's of right. the cell <laughs> and tell, and tell Juan to get his, get his, stop looking at inappropriate images during class on his phone. And you know, like, I mean, that, that's, I understand most of it's just just class management but 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 when it gets down to it i was realizing they were even talking about how there's certain words you can't use you're not in control of the class you're managing the class like there's all this weird sjw stuff and i even hate that word so 2017 but but it's true this was during that era so i can use that 2016 era or whatever and and i sat there and i go Something is wrong with this country where I've come in to teach kids science, which is very indiscriminate. In fact, for a lot of a lot of time, besides people think there's all these debates and evolution, everything not in real science, science. Everyone just goes, whatever evolution, you disagree, agree. Let's go do research. Let's go. Let's go study cell development. Let's go study pathways and, and try to figure out uh, new interferons, et cetera, and, and, and develop Im immunological uh, therapies. No one's like, hey, dude, who, who do you who do you sleep with? Like. No one ever asked well, me my, hold my on, whole hold degree. On. To be fair, I think if I'm going to understand <laughs> what the mitochondria is, I need to know if you're banging dudes. <laughs> you didn't it's, know, just, it's just logic. You, you know, know what's I mean? going on in the powerhouse of the body down there. But like, I, I mean, like, I'm just thinking, like, I'm going. I remember sitting there, and I, and I, and I so I called NPR, and I and I talked to, I think it was Larry Elder, and I remember that's kind of how I got started. Larry in this. Elder, really? I, one of the people is that is that his name? Yeah, I think, NPR? Yeah, I think he's so. At, yeah. He's at he's at NPR. He might have been at one point. Oh, wow. Maybe maybe I have the wrong person. I, I could have be I could be wrong. You could look that up. But it was one of the big guys, and he took me on, and I complained about it publicly, and said, I I cannot. This was during the time of outrage where people were start just starting to wake up, and I'm going, I cannot believe I'm trying to get into science and be a professor and go in this direction, and I'm being asked about who I sleep with. I'm being ostracized <laughs> because of the color of my skin. I'm in this program because I did well. I'm in this program not like boasting, but I'm here because I have high marks because because I I I'm overqualified. I'm here. I'm a blessing to this program. Like not being prideful, but meaning. I'm I'm actually looking at this not the program like you know what I would love for a year to invest in some high school kids lives junior high kids lives pour into them teach them about life science help them get into some good colleges but no I end up quitting the program because they demonized me over a weekend experience literally and then here's the best part at the end they had this weird you know these really weird exercises that they do like these weird like group have you have you been a part of any of these no I, I you know look I, I didn't go to high school Okay, you really? I didn't go to high school at all. Do you even have a GAD? No. 
Good. F- hey, <laughs> hell yeah. That's that. Um, that's I w- awesome. Dude, I was, I was a teenage anarchist F the system. I don't play by your rules. I do what I want when I want. That was it. Can we talk about the black clad people on here? Can I mention them by name? Is that, is that Antifa? Message? Okay, good. I know messes. I know the messes with your live monetization. I oh no, say. no, I want to. I want to. I want We're gonna talk about the riots well, in a second. I'm just saying with, with you know the Antifa. Hey guys, if you're watching this and you're tearing down your city, burning it down, just so you know, you can become a successful YouTuber just like Tim Pool. That was just my PSA to the. To oh yeah. America. Well, they're not burning down their own cities. Oh yeah, they're burning down yeah. other people's cities. That's right. No, okay, we'll get to that. But I was gonna say, so they had this weird Me Too esque exercise where we we had two separate groups split up, and one group got in a circle and we closed our eyes, and they had you they had the other group walk around the circle and touch on the shoulder um, people who they agreed met this question. So they'd ask something like, "Who changed your experience this weekend?" And people would walk up and touch the person with their eyes closed shoulder. Very creepy. Yeah. You know what? You know what I would do. <laughs> And this is probably this is part of the reason why I didn't end up going to high school. It's because I challenged authority no matter what and I played upon I preyed upon their assumptions. I was fourteen. If they did an exercise where they were like this, you know Close what I would Close your eyes and let strangers touch you. You know what I would do? <laughs> I would I would I would start making noises and go, I don't like to be touched <laughs> And I just I like I the, I have stories of when I so I did, I went to high school for about two months and then ultimately they were like, This kid can't be here. Like, it's like freshman year, fourteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I this I, is interesting. They, they 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 realized I could not be in this school because all of the loopholes, all of the all of the the cracks in the system. Oh, I found all of them, and I preyed upon every assumption, everything they did, so that they could not actually like I I, I found predicaments to put them in where they were like, what do we do? <laughs> like the rules don't apply. Like what it was. There's just funny circumstances where they would try and challenge me on things. And then finally, one teacher just told me to f off and like gave me an f on a. It's a, it's a long story, but I tried I tried uh, preying upon the assumptions of one of the assignments by creating a circumstance in which he couldn't call me a liar, and then ultimately he just took a blank sheet of paper and put an f on. Oh and my gave gosh! That, that was essentially what happened. It's a longer story, but see, I I like that. That that actually so I I've gotten expelled from high, I got expelled from high school and then I almost got expelled the second time so I I'm proud of you for not even going because it was kind of not worth it. The only thing I look I I wish I had those kind of cojones or whatever when when i was in uh, high school but i do know that i did when i was about to get expelled for the second time from my second high school they asked me why i crossed the line and similarly i said i didn't cross the line i was smart enough to bend down and see that it was flexible wire and i grabbed it and i stretched it further past <laughs> anyone had ever gone but i'm still on the other side oh my gosh yeah yeah, yeah. anyway anyway look so <laughs> I, I, I bring this up to make the point yeah a lot of people i know went to school got that indoctrination or at least a little bit of it They're as like it was drones as, as it was creeping in. And so I remember uh, the reason I didn't go to college spe- uh, specifically was that I read an article from an economist who said, if you go to any investor and say for $40,000 over four years, you will owe $40,000 plus interest, they'll laugh in your face. And so I was like, wow, that doesn't seem to make sense. College mm-hmm. seems to be a waste of time. And that's why I was like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to take on debt for you know, this nebulous concept. Guess how much I have left? Debt? Oh, what do you got? 92,000 left. Oh, Congra- no. Good luck. Uh, yeah, well, like, you know what, though? Luckily, we're in, we're in uh, COVID, so it's currently frozen. Frozen. But, yes. I, but I will say, I'll pay that off pretty soon. But, I, but I'm just going to say, at the end of all this, when people asked, when at the end they had a question of whose opinion like changed your mind the most about the world this weekend, which is weird we had to have a weekend training, a lot of people me tooed me in that moment. You know, me tooed you? I mean, they touched me while my oh. eyes were closed. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> they touch it. you. And I don't mean that. It wasn't like a glory moment. It was actually a pathetic moment where I was going, oh, my gosh, these are college-educated people who probably come from decent universities. You have to have a certain grade cutoff, et cetera. And I did nothing but slightly brought up a, a little dissension, a, a little bit of, of adversity to the mainstream opinion. Mm. And this affected you. This is not a good program. This is not helping people. This is, this is, this is just a weird probably government funded program that I don't want to be a part of. And, and I, and I remember just thinking like, man, this is when I actually really woke up to it. I'm going, I don't want to be in the system because the system is going in a weird direction. I don't want to be a part of educating people. If educating people becomes indoctrination. And I know that some people are like, well, you know, this just sounds like four-year-old talking points. This was literally four years ago. This no, is this four-year-old is, talking this points. This is important primer for what we're going to get into next. Yeah, right. I'm just saying like this is what happened and this is what got me to like, okay, I'm not doing that anymore. And I was lost for a little bit until I realized what was the source of the problem. It's the culture wars. Yeah. So this is, uh, it, it's, it's been building up for a long time. The media plays a big role in it, partly because of, I talked about this too. I actually had an argument with uh, Peter Bogosian. Are you familiar with Peter? He's a professor, associate professor of philosophy, I believe, at Portland. Is Portland, right? I'm not sure. How I don't know. His name sounds similar, he's, but he's, I, I'm he's, not, he's, I don't he's know. one of these Sokol Squared hoaxers who uh, tricked a bunch of scientific journals into accepting garbled yes, mumbo jumbo. on the feminism like they, and stuff. They rewrote a chapter from Mein Kampf, but put in feminist buzzwords, and it got approved or something like that. Anyway. We were having a conversation before about whether this started in the universities or started with the media. And I think a lot of what he's saying is true, but I think it only broke into the mainstream because of social media algorithms. The, the general idea to simplify, because I talk about it quite, kind of a lot, is if you make a video, uh, if you make a video or article, no, YouTube doesn't work so much this way, but on YouTube, uh, on Facebook, if you make a video about police brutality, mm-hmm. it'll get a thousand shares. If you make a video about racism, a thousand shares. If you get a video about racist police brutality, it gets a thousand plus a thousand shares. So, you know, X plus Y. So what ended up happening was companies realized that what was making them the most money was mashing as many keywords as possible into an article. Thus, you get these ideas becoming predominant, you know, very mainstream in 2008. And it was like 2006 when it started. It was, I think it was 06. So, you know, it was around the Facebook time when people were finding out they could monetize the Facebook news feed. And then by like 2010, you can see all the data in LexisNexis, the hockey stick of inclusivity and white fragility and all these phrases are skyrocketing because they realized mixing keywords like there's an article from Vice where it's like black trans women of color fighting for Black Lives Matter against police brutalities (laughs) proves the patriarchy is real. Like they just they jam it all in there because what happens is the algorithm shares it with more people. And so that leads to where we're at now. And I think one of the reasons it's, 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 it really does, in my opinion, describe your experience. But I, I do think the ideas had to exist first. So, yes, the universities. But my opinion on this is the media, because you take a look at what's going on right now. Police brutality, right? Did you know that there was a period where, like, the most shared videos on Facebook were all police brutality? I believe it. I mean, I mean, even watching, like, cops and stuff, people always loved it when the police got down with the suspects. I mean, the, they did. I think, I think the reason for it is that anger is the principal motivator for sharing. It's the, it's, the, it's the most prominent motivator. So people get mad, they share things. When people are happy or inspired, they share them a lot less. When people are sad, they definitely don't share. So anger is the number one emotion that drives content sharing. So you make a video about you know police brutality, people get angry about it, and they share it. This is not okay. And that drives the narrative we have today, which is skewed. And then the mainstream media, who's been just 
eating the refuse of the Facebook algorithm for a decade are sitting there in the newsroom believing all of this garbage is real life. You look at Don Lemon's opinion from several years ago. Remember when he said he was talking about uh, he was talking about Ferguson, I think. Or no, no, it wasn't Ferguson. He was talking about like Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. and about how they have to pull their pants up or something. Yeah. And yeah D- Don Lemon made a bunch of racist stereotypes about black people on CNN live. Yep. And his opinions completely inverted today because it's only getting worse and worse and worse. Then what ends, what ends up happening is you're talking about this college stuff. And I'm reminded of that viral video. Do you ever see it where the guy goes, but you're a white male. Remember that? Sounds like 4,500 videos I've seen. No, it's, <laughs> like, it's, the, it's the famous meme where the guy's got like really greasy, long black hair. Oh, Skrillex. And he's watching yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Skrillex. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> awful can name. We bring that up? Can you bring up a picture of that, Lydia, or something? Can I uh, see this person? I, I, I'm, I can show it to you after the fact. Oh. Anyway, there, there's it. like a, a, a conflict at a college and he yells, but you're a white male. You're effing a white male. Yeah, you're an effing white male. And there's like a bunch of moments like that. And that's where this fractured ideology was emboldened and empowered by these algorithms, broke into the mainstream. We talked about it a few years ago, like, oh, these dang old college kids acting all crazy, huh? And now they're in positions in government, and now they're... They are the real their, world. Yeah, now they're in their 30s, and they're running nonprofits, and they're infecting... It, so you're, so this is the first I'm hearing of the fact that, that you know, because obviously you predate me by, like, just a couple years, but still, you've been in this game, and you've been... run. Now you're running it. You, you're like, this is pretty crazy. You're saying that the algorithms are almost what drove... The intersectional push, yep. which is kind of in line with the scriptures, the Bible scripture says, not that money is the root of all evil, but the love of money is at the root of all evil, which probably transcends multiple cultures. But I believe the Bible is authoritative in that source. In that, in that, you're saying that this is this is like basically very important. I'll, t- I'll tell you, I'll they tell you love what. money, so then they bring us this doctrine. This doctrine moves in, it brings more money. So all at the source of this is somebody saying we're going to get rich off of effing over the entire country, let alone the whole world. They, they don't look at Yikes. it that way. I think a lot of these people are ignorant. Some of them know what they're doing. There's a prominent site that collapsed recently in the past year or so. When they started, they were a libertarian pro Ron Paul website okay. because that was really popular on the internet. And then they realized when, so it, it's, it's not like some dude sitting in a room and he goes, here's a map of the algorithm. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to promote this stuff to make money. What happens is they hire 10 people. One guy writes intersectional stuff. One guy writes police brutality. One guy writes about science. And then all of a sudden they start realizing intersectionality does the best. Not, they're, not, they're not looking at this person being like, okay, intersectionality articles are doing great. What happens is they say, have you seen John's articles? They're getting like a million views. It's great. Let's, let's, let's have him get a team together and hire some people. John, an SJW, then hires more SJWs, make a unit. That unit starts getting way more traffic and way more views. And many of these companies did not actually realize what was happening. Some of them did and tried to capitalize on it, and it didn't work because they, they, they tried telling people, we want you to write this, and the people would be like, I'm not writing that garbage, and then it, it wouldn't work. The companies that worked naturally just hired those who got the traffic, and this created a big bubble of empowered media personalities who were woke, far left, and now many of them have moved up in these companies, and now they're 30 or you know 34 or whatever, and now they're hiring young people who agree with them. And now the New York Times, for they instance. Were raised, they were raised on their milk, basically. You know, and yep. that's, but that's what I'm seeing. It, you know, and, and the really interesting thing is about this whole intersectional push and this weird dogma is how quickly it's become mainstream, which is really interesting because, you know, I have a theory here. 
people always ask, uh, you know, people like Alex Jones or Milo Yiannopoulos or Laura Loomer, like, why did they get taken out? Why did Gavin McGinnis get taken out? And my theory is this, is I'm not, I'm not calling them fringe, okay? And, and, I, I, and some of these people are my friends, and so I'm not speaking poorly of them. I'm, gonna, I'm just using the, the lefts, uh, you know, using them as, as an example here. They go, okay, these are the fringe guys on the right, and the left says that. So if we can take these fringe guys out uh, that we think are extreme in our matter, once you take out the entire perimeter of the left's idea of extreme, it now makes the perimeter of what's far right much more mainstream right. right. And that being said, is where people like myself then get called far right or extreme right when I'm like, hey, I, I'm actually, you should know, and I, this is a common uh, uh, rhetoric, it's like, actually the far right really actually hates me. They're some of the biggest spammers and they're, you know, stupid alt accounts and uh, they're avatars. They're not even brave enough to have their own profile picture. And yet they're going to save the whole country from, from immigrants or whatever. But I'm say they hate me. But what's weird is, is that as we've seen the perimeter keep getting taken off of the right, so that now just the, the small sliver of the mainstream is now considered the furthest right. right. We haven't seen that on the left. And, and what's even weird is we've actually seen the glorification, the financing of the perimeter to where the perimeter on the left keeps going further and further out. So what used to be far left actually just three, four years ago is actually pretty moderate. And now you have people talking about the fact that, you know, I mean, I mean, realistically speaking, they're saying that, you know, the, the army and the, the, the military is racist because anytime a white man has, you know, command over a black man, that's right. That's systemic racism. And you're going, holy hell, do you not understand how the military even works? These are voluntary recruits. These are people, these people, if you know anything about the military people, they don't care about your sexual orientation, race, creed, color. They're all about camaraderie and brotherhood, et cetera. And so like what I've seen is this weird intellectual warfare where now the establishment or the real mainstream right we're all like essentially right-wing terrorists according to the establishment media and the left has this free pass to write articles that at some point i don't even know if they're serious well so 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 this is where it gets funny alex jones used to talk about something i could be getting this wrong problem reaction solution it was something i used to see on the internet way back in the day the idea being that you know, look, these Illuminati types, they're going to create a problem and then be the, and then once the people react, they come in and they're the solution. I used to I used to remember seeing that stuff on the Internet and the libertarian web and the conspiracy stuff. The idea being the government sparks the issue and then only they can solve it. Vote for them. They're literally posting that right now. The left about Trump, the, the left, Rachel Maddow, for instance. I mean, think about it. There's a, there's a video uh, from a group called uh, Juice Media. It's Rap News. And I think this one is number six. And it's about Julian Assange and Cablegate back in 2010 when they made this. In their parody, they, par- they satire Alex Jones saying, we've, we've got to stop the, co- the, the rise of the commie Nazi fascists. It's like one of the jokes in, in, in the video. And he talks about Hillary Clinton being evil. Quite literally says, Hill dog, your lies are blatant. And he says, you know, the Nazi fascists are taking over. That was Alex Jones. That was a, that was a char- that, that's how people viewed him in 2010. Now, those same people who think that, that you know, the fascists are coming, they, they like Hillary Clinton or, or whatever. They're screaming that Donald Trump is creating the riots across the country so that you must vote for him. They, they're, they're literally pushing the old school Internet conspiracy line about the government creating problems so only they can solve it. If the whole thing is is... 
it's it's weird. It, it you know what strikes me the weirdest is the fact that we constantly get accused of being exactly what the people are that are accusing us. And and I mean this very thoroughly speaking. You know, what people don't maybe don't know is I, I run a show called Slightly Offensive. You can find it on YouTube. It's just called Slightly Offensive. And I, I focus a lot on getting my own proprietary content. I think that a lot of people um, don't do that anymore. And I don't, I don't mind, but I like to go out. It's something I enjoy doing. It's crazy world that people in media still do what they enjoy. But I, I go out and I capture a lot of my own footage at riots, at protests, at things, and I commentate on them. And I have two separate parts. On Twitter, I'm myself, Elijah Schaefer. I try to stay unbiased. I try to just give video reports for other news outlets, etc. I license my footage. But on my own show, we're going to let the S word hit the fan. Gloves we're, off. Yeah, Gloves we're, we're, we're going we're to go for it. But now it's very kosher. It's very kosher. I always say that it's about a 14 plus audience. If you're 14 and older, you can watch it. That being said, when I look at this, I can be using my own footage that I captured, meaning I'm not like a, a conspiracy theorist, I'm not ripping footage, I'm not manipulating it even, you can't even say that I'm a propagandist, this is my footage that I was there, that I risked my life to get, and in many ways, I have risked my life to get this footage, I, I'm pretty proud of that, meaning there are moments where I thought, I'm going to die. And it wasn't so I can get clicks. I'm going, but if America doesn't see this, if I don't run towards this, they're not going to see the truth. And, and, and in my mind, I'm not, you know, it's not, no one's like, oh, it's not like a grift. Like, I, you know, if I get this, I get a million views. Because I have a wife, you know? I, I have a family. I, my mom just died a couple months ago. I can't let somebody else die in my family. The family, my family's broken over this. And so when I'm in these situations and these race riots, dealing with my own tragic death in my own family, I, you know, I, I've been married a couple years, taking care of my wife, and I see something happening and I'm going, I've got to run to that I am definitely thinking just this needs to come out to America and then I put that footage oftentimes censored to meet you know YouTube or big tech guidelines I keep my commentary kosher anything that isn't censors bleep it out we bleep it out so that it's just like normal broadcast television and then my video gets age restricted it gets taken down my account gets gets throttled they tell me I'm borderline etc and I'm going wait a second my opinions aren't even partisan my, my, when I'm there and I look at, 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 at the stuff that, that happened in Kenosha, the altercation between the young man and those other individuals, when I'm there and I filmed it and I witnessed it and the other angles are my friends and we scoured over this footage and we looked at it and we came to a conclusion, that's actually journalism. That's not just commentating. That's not just editorial. If I have four or five angles and individuals and we discussed and we talked and we come to a logical conclusion off of what we saw and where we were, why are we conspiracy theorists? Why are we the ones that get discredited? But yet journalists like the New York Times and Washington Post, the night of those events, which I'm going to be careful the way I word it because I know these, these algorithms, the way they try to pick up these words to just throw these streams off. When I was there and I watched that Twitter curates at the top of the feed you know here's what happened and it's from articles who had not yet contacted the journalists who were there who did not quote us who from what i saw were not on the ground in that moment it makes you wonder it makes you wonder are we really the extreme people are we the conspiracy well, well, theorists well, hold, hold on. no we talked about this the other day radicalization what does that mean right people have become radical right Brian Stelter recently was on C-SPAN and someone called in saying that CNN was the enemy of truth. They've lied hundreds of thousands of times. <laughs> and then he says, well, you know, this year there's been a lot of radicalization against the media. OK, is it radical to want uh, borders for your country? No, of course not. It's, 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 it's the way it's always been. Is it radical to want a strong military? 
No, absolutely Quite, not. It's literally the way it's always been. Is it radical to want to lower unemployment and make sure that the people of your country have jobs before Im- immigrants? Sounds good to me. That's actually the way it's always been. It was only 10 years ago the Democrats were for all of these things as well. In fact, Bernie Sanders was for this only a few years ago. They've gone so far off the rails that they're so far left now, they're looking at regular people screaming radical, quite literally like Brian Stelter. And that's mainstream news. So there's, there's good news here. I, I, I want to talk to you about the riots, too, because that was, that was actually really interesting what you were saying about what's going on. Because I like ragging on the media. So when, when, when I look at the far left and how far they've gone, I don't think they make up the majority of people, this, this fringe group. I've heard I'm, it's 8%. I've heard yeah, 8% that's the, of, the, the, of the, the hidden The Hidden Tribes report says 8%. It may yeah. be a little bit bigger because that was a couple years ago. So I'm wondering if you've got, I'll, I'll, do it, I'll do it this way. You've got mainstream society and the left starts pulling further and further left. And it's possible that we get dragged or it breaks off. If the far left moves so far left that regular people become confused by what they're doing, they become fringe weirdos. And all of these big mainstream companies and, and the NBA, for instance, their ratings are in the gutter, 40% down. Do you see this? I, you know what I have? And unfortunately for them, I've never watched them because it is a grift. I mean, these guys are, co- they've always complained. They're always getting hyper political, making millions of dollars talking about, they've, they've not all of them. Well, but okay. Yes. Not all of them, but I've seen that I, I, I'm kind of anti-elitist. Like I don't like, it's not that I'm against sports and I love, I love all American pastimes, et cetera. People, I'm glad people have pastimes. I just don't like it when wealthy people who live very comfy lifestyles lecture America. I've never been comfortable with For that. sure. They're not working class. But the, 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 what I'm seeing with this idea of getting woke going broke, it's not, it's not a universal law. There have been movies that have been woke that have done really, really well, but they're not authoritarian woke for the most part, right? The, the, the example I like to give is Into the Spider-Verse, where they have Miles Morales, Afro-Latino, Spider-Man, and they don't make race the point of the story like these woke, crappy movies do that end up bombing. So I think the, this, this intersectionalism, this weird cult-like behavior is isolating it's, it's, it's making regular people say, I don't want to be a part of this when they're forced into it. And I think it's possible a lot, of, a lot of weak-willed people may just be like, whatever you say and buy into it. But I think America is built upon generations of defiant individuals. I, I think about it this way. Our culture is very individualist for a very simple reason. The people who left the European you know, countries to come here were, I would rather land a boat on an empty shoreline and just start foraging for food, then deal with you. And we're the descendants, not all of us, uh, you know, because part of my family didn't come here until the 19... 19- Actually, I think all my family didn't come here until the early 1900s or the late 1890s. But America is, 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 has been culturally built off of those ideas, and they don't just go away. So we are very staunch individualists. I imagine most people are going to say, leave me alone or else. So when you start getting the things you're talking about, where they're like, tell the world you're racist, eventually people are going to say... I'd rather go live in the woods and build a farm than deal with you and your weirdo. And they are. No, I know. And they are. People are leaving <laughs> the cities in droves. I am from Los Angeles. If people cannot tell from my slightly uh, mixed voice that sounds slightly lispy, slightly homosexual, and also valley girl together, that's what's called growing up in Los Angeles and hanging around a lot of liberals but thinking for yourself. Where's the surfer dude in there? Um, the surfer dude was the pot I smoked for like a decade. I, I mean, that, <laughs> that's, that's, that's where I sit there and I get confused sometimes. I, it's just it's a lot of pot, a lot of pot in, in just a few years. But I, you know, I will say this. 
you know, being there, you know, California people have their own way of speaking. I'm very much a California person in a lot of ways. Um, and I always found it really funny because there's this uh, group of individuals who got really mad at me for, uh, at, do you know Jesse Lee Peterson is? Yeah, of course. Amazing. How he goes, gay. I just like the guy so funny. He, I, I, he really is a funny guy. And, and, and he, uh, I was on his show and he's like, he, he always asks questions in this dichotomy. Like, like it, it's right, for entertainment yeah. purposes. Like, you know, like, do you yeah. love your wife or do you hate your wife or something? And you're like, <laughs> oh, that's a weird question, you know? But like, he goes, you know, are you like a conservative or are you a, a Republican conservative? And I, and I, and I was Which like, one? like, it's not even the, hey, what's your political standing? I said, you know, I'm a California conservative, which to people who live in California knows what that means. It means I hold conservative values, but I also live around really interesting individuals and I'm the minority and I've learned how to work, operate, eat, drink, and be friends with people who think vehemently different than what I think about the world. And I'm okay with that. Um, it means nothing. It's not a complicated saying. It's just like California conservatives always say that. Yeah, respect that. That's cool. Yeah, I know. But these, this group of people got, got like super, super mad that I said this. But I think that, that there's this whole part of America that is being ignored where whether you would call it like a respectable Democrat or a California conservative, there's this whole civil group, like the main swath of America that is somehow being dejected from the conversation. Like you said about yep. people being called extreme. I've never been considered an extreme person. I, I never in my life have considered my politics to be extreme. I, I run into you. You probably run into extreme people online too they're there and they exist and they have the right to exist i'm against censorship i think people have the right to be extreme as long as they're nonviolent. i think they have the right to have radical ideas i think that it's great Even communists yes yeah. i i do especially communists but i also think too that like this idea of the extreme people kind of taking the narrative and batting it against each other where where i know the the far right and it's like 200 people like that exists oh, and, like, and like six prominent ones, by the way, this is like 200 main accounts that I know of that are far right. And so it's really weird that when the left even says, oh, you're far right. I'm like, no, I know the far right. That's like, I can literally tell you what it accounts. I wouldn't do it, but I could show you what accounts are far right. There's only a few of them, but because they have scapegoated us as that, I just have to be careful on the right that we're not forgetting that there's this whole swath of people that are feeling very much alienated and homeless from from what they knew to be the Democratic Party. And, and the, the, that's why I don't want to call it Republican. I don't want to call it conservatism because a lot of these people aren't conservative. But they the think right, they are now, though. But, but the right wing... But see, that's why we have to be careful not calling them conservatives. They're not conservative. They're liberal. I know. But the right wing <laughs> now includes... This is the weirdest thing. And this is where I'm going to get so much... Flack. Yeah, flack for, <laughs> for, for this from, from those weird anonymous accounts, probably. But... But I'm, I'm okay to say this, is that the right wing has become so umbrella inclusive that it is now includes conservatives and liberals, course, even if people don't like that, yeah. because it's it's become the common sense party, essentially. I sat, I sat down with Glenn Beck, and we disagreed on pro-life versus pro-choice. At the end, we shook, our hand, we shook hands and said, hey, it was great. Yeah, great Glad chat. to have me, and we disagree. And I don't, like, it was, it was, it was it, the exasperation was kind of funny, because I was like, I really think the best way to put it is we have a different like there's an ethical barrier between us but we recognize we should sit down and just keep talking to like figure out each other's worldviews. Yeah, but why mock why mock the the moderates? And I think that's what that's what I come down to is, is that I want to acknowledge that there's extremists on the left and the right. It's just that the right-wing extremists are still 
fringe. And that's the key thing is they try to make it seem like those people that are right-wing establishment are fringe and extreme. It's like, no, there are some right-wing extremists. What I'm upset about is not the fact that you guys want to call out extreme right-wing people. I'm mad that while calling out right-wing extreme people and talking about the negativity of who they are, you then put on a pedestal left-wing extremists. Like if you're going to fight against extremism, you've got to be consistent because that's what that's what frustrates I think that the average individual and why more people are defecting towards I wouldn't even call them Republicans or right wing but they're becoming Trump supporters or America first they're getting behind the America first mentality you're, lo- you're looking at one yeah exactly is, is that you're just going I literally can tell you this I don't agree with everything on the right I may not be as con- the most conservative guy that lives maybe in you know some some south uh, southern state or whatever but I can tell you that that whatever this insane militant communist faction is that has hijacked what they're calling the Democrat party and is quickly seemingly becoming the establishment Democrat party is just detrimental it's toxic for the future of our country and I don't want any part in it Alec you, you could not possibly have a more so so I'll put it this way let me let me start over if you took the Democrats and you looked at where they were in the last election, and then you take someone like AOC or any member of the squad, and you actually map their personal policy positions they've espoused and their calls for unrest, like Anna Presley, they are so far left, you can't even call it radicalization. It's something, extre- it's, it's extremism. It's like, if, if, if AOC really is the, the new face of the party, which a lot of people have said, Maybe she isn't, but she's got, you know, 8.5, whatever million followers. It's crazy. She, I don't you, like that. You, you go from a Joe Biden saying, you know, Barack Obama's administration, they called Obama the, the deporter in chief because he deported so many people. Now, you, now you've got Biden saying moratorium on deportations, decriminalizing border crossings. I think Biden may have said that. I could be wrong about that. But uh, he's talking about a moratorium on deportations. And I'm like, that's a 180 from, from Obama. They've, they've convinced Biden to adopt radicalized positions. So it's a fact. And they and, and Joe Biden comes out recently and says, do I look like a radical socialist? And I'm like, no, you look like a bumbling old man. But you've you've come out in the debates with these insane fringe positions that nobody wants except for a tiny fraction of screaming people. And but, well, that's what's coming into but, mainstream but, politics. But that's but that's what strikes me as interesting, because what I realize is this. And, and this is where this is where I think I know why this has happened. OK, because. What happens is, is that people lose touch with reality. And I know this because when I watch influencers, right, and I watch people, I will see, and, and I, I talked to um, Ezra Levant um, at, uh, at Rebel, Rebel. Uh, Rebel about this, about how a lot of influencers uh, on the right get pulled towards extremism. Because what the, this is, this is I'm going to make a point about the left here. What the extreme fringe right does is they essentially try to make you seem like, hey, we're the real right. We're the real cool people. We're the Puritans. We know what's really going on. If without us, the country is effed. And everybody else is a sellout and a fake. And here's the thing. We might have some weird ideas about certain races and people, but just listen to this. Everybody else is selling out the country. And if you really want to save it, you got to come closer and closer to our ideology. And then you share a couple ideas that might agree with what they agree with. Because, I mean, to take any random sample of people, anybody might agree with something you say. And then they start getting mad that you, that you don't agree with everything they agree with because clearly some of their ideas are extremely toxic. And then they start, they demonize you. So what happens is someone could have 200,000 followers on Twitter, but then... They have 2,000 of these like random accounts, multiple are run by the same person, flood their inbox, go on there. 
if you're a small-minded person who's out of touch with reality, you think, oh my gosh, everybody wants me to go towards these extreme ideas. My base. It's like, right, no. bombing you. You have 200,000 followers. These are 2,000 people who you can look don't even follow you. It's not even 1% even if they did follow you if you're following. This is not who you should be listening to. This is mob mentality. These are extremists who are trying to push you into this cultic idea that what you're doing is somehow ruining the country unless you follow them. Now, I know that. You know that. You People who work on the right that are smart know that or left that extremists don't aren't the status quo but if you are easily manipulated like joe somebody who's bumbling mentally incapacitated in some ways these people are dangerous in the fact not about violently this is, this, intellectually they will take advantage of this you. is literally what's happened the democrat uh, the democratic party uses twitter as their public opinion barometer so all of the fringe extremists on twitter who will bombard one of these journalists or, or these politicians with crazy opinions, they think people must want this. Exactly. And regular people aren't on Twitter. It's like 22% of the country is active on uh, No, no, I think it's less than that. I think, uh, I forgot what the number do you, is. Do you want to know what, do you like want to put a real, a better number on that? I went on Social Blade um, just to see if like, oh, I grew a little bit or whatever. It's this website. This is not impressive. I'm not boasting about this, but it said I'm like number 40,000 or whatever on Twitter. So when, and I'm not even very big. So if you just took that swath of like 50,000 people that are like in the hundreds of thousands and verified to millions, that's 50,000 people out of a population of what, three, 350, 370? 328 or something. Yeah, okay. So over 300 million people, you're talking about like 50,000 people deciding the discourse of the whole country. Right, yeah. Maybe take out half of those of people who probably don't engage politics online. Yeah, like So like 25,000 people are literally creating the entire narrative for what's the whole country. And I mean, not that I'm that influential or anything. I'm just pointing out the fact that like 25,000 people out of 300 million plus sort of dictating what the news is, what goes on shows, etc. That's less than 2%. And when Donald Trump then invokes law and order and regular life, regular people, just like normalcy, that's, that's, that's what they're trying to do with Biden. That was one of the arguments that Joe Biden invokes this idea of normalcy. It's like, remember, remember the Obama years when life was regular? Vote for Biden, and it might work. And they say Donald Trump's the cause of all of this. It's not true. But Donald Trump says law and order, so you're, you're getting that split. Yeah, when you got fined for not getting medical insurance, like that was normal. Yeah. I, they, yep. So, so, you know, look, I think, I think we'll see how this plays out. But the bigger issue, I, uh, the bigger question I have, now that we're, you know, we're, we're in the gist of it, let's talk about these riots. Have you heard about what they're calling the Red Mirage? No. Did, sure. I, did I mention that to you earlier? No, you so didn't. What they're saying is that Donald Trump, will, the Democratic uh, uh, analytics firm said Trump will landslide on November 3rd. Democrats said that. And then over the next week, Biden will win because of mail-in voting. Oh, I saw your tweet. Yeah. This is a tweet, right? Well, I did a whole video about it. Okay, I saw something on that. And so here's, here's, here's what... Wow. What, right, so this is, a, this is a guarantee for disaster because... If on election night they say Donald Trump has won every state, you know, but California, Oregon, and Washington, people are going to be like, he did it. Trump supporters are going to say he did it. And then a week later, they're going to come back. Oh, by the way, Biden actually won. They're going to be like, no, he didn't. I saw it. I watched. They said Trump won. They showed he had all the states. There's no way. This is not real. The Biden supporters are going to be like, you're not counting the votes properly. Biden won. And when both sides are adamant that they've won, what happens? Okay, I'm going to give, this is where I give my live stream addendums so that we don't get you busted here. Uh, I never sponsor violence. I don't promote violence, uh, whatever, yada, yada, whatever else I have to say to not get fired or get this live stream taken off. But, uh, you know, bringing into this, 
we are in a clear factionary state. We are there are two sides in a powder keg waiting for somebody to set off. And I want to remind people how the civil war started and how civil wars do start. Civil wars, and we were talking about this earlier, aren't usually what people think, where it's like, oh, everybody's blowing each other's brains They're marching. out. It's Red like, versus blue, why, marching down the street. Why do you think there's like, oh, this battle, or there's a battle of Gettysburg? Like, why do we have these like famous people, or battle of Iwo Jima? Like, why is there famous battles? It's because war is strategy. There's specific places and regions where you do your fighting is not to exhaust limited resources, um, especially because it's hard to get public and proper public backing to a civil war. It's definitely something that I would say the majority of populists are usually opposed to yeah. in most times, and no one wants war on their door doorstep, especially a developed country of people who have seen it happen in other countries that we are fighting for democracy in. Um, but I will say this. This, we are, and I, and, I, and I will declare this here. I put my branding slightly offensive backing. I cannot put the blaze backing on this, but I put my branding. I think we are in a soft core civil war. And I mean, you know the other type of hardcore, soft core I think material. we're I think we're in an overt civil war. But, but I'm saying but soft core, meaning like, like to me, it's like, because you know, I'm not going to uh, listen to my wording here. In the 80s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, someone would find a magazine, uh, you know, a kid would find it of their parents or whatever and be like, whoa, what's going on there? Then with the advent of the internet, we got all these weird categories of this kind of adult-like content. Yeah. And, and, and so now, People who once perhaps uh, were excited, I'm, I'm being good with my words, Lydia's looking at me, I'm being good, were perhaps, <laughs> were perhaps were per, I'm being careful about this, were perhaps excited by something very simple, something etc. that's called softcore, are now deadened inside to the most atrocious and weird types of things the mind could think of in that regard. And I think that's what we're seeing with this violence and this stuff and, and kind of what I, I call myself a softcore Civil War it's, producer because we're kind of like producing stuff that people are getting desensitized to this to where it's like, oh, another this. person yeah. stabbed and shot. So, so this is... Okay, let's see something harder. It's escalation and desensitization. So we're softcore, meaning it's softcore because people are like, it's, it's, it's people are, are dead into the, to the isolated incidences. It's like, okay, another I'm, person shot, I, whatever. No, I think Portland ends your softcore theory. You think it's hardcore that, there? I mean, they, they targeted them. Yes, but the but the media has done a pretty good job at still lying to the masses. It doesn't matter whether whether the, there are people who believe one thing or another. What matters is a guy with with uh, who's under investigation. Jay, right, his nickname Jay. No, no, no. I'm talking about the the far oh. leftist guy who is accused of this right now under the assumption that we know who the guy is, the murderer, because they're investigating the guy. He has a big Black Lives Matter tattoo on his neck. Ooh. He yelled, "We got him right here. We got a couple right here. Someone else is pull it out right here." Yeah. Then Jay and the other guy turn around. The guy who dies pulls out what it appears to be that he pulls out mace and then takes two to the chest. The wit, the friend of, of Jay, uh, uh, I think his name was Aaron Danielson, said that they were walking. No, I think Aaron Danielson is the victim. His friend is Chandler Papas. They called uh, his name is Aaron J. Danielson. They called him Jay. Oh, no, no, I don't say but his friend was is Chandler Papas. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know the guy's name. Yeah, yeah. But his friend said that they turned around when they heard someone yell. We got him right here. We got a couple right here. Pull it out. They turned around and they says before he knows what happened, two shots were fired and then his friend staggered down and died. At that point, it's, I mean, we're, it's, it's almost, I mean, may, maybe it's not, but maybe it is the shot heard around the world that, that we've crossed into hot territory. We've been seeing low tier skirmishes and we've been seeing resource battles for the past couple of years. I, I was talking about civil war a few years ago and a lot of people scoffed and laughed about it. And then the things I predicted started to happen. 
And then I talked about earlier this year that they'll show up to your house. Mm-hmm. And then they showed up to Cassandra Fairbanks' house. I did remember they, earlier on you were saying that. And I, I didn't think you were lying. I was just there in the midst of this. And I remember hearing reports from people like you saying they're coming to the houses. And I remember thinking in that moment, like, that's going to be so weird when that happens. And I didn't know it was going to happen. Like It's now. happening faster and faster and faster. I didn't think so. Following the death of the guy in Portland, Antifa started making posts saying they need bulletproof vests and ballistic gear. Yeah, they're getting financing. Outside financing, they really are. No, that's expense. Look, I'm going to tell you this. I have I have a company, which I'm not going to plug on your show because I wouldn't do, plug my own sponsors, but I have, I have a great armor company to sponsor my show. And I see they're, they're providing me all this stuff, ballistic, helmet, everything, um, conceal stuff. Yeah, and, and I looked at the price tag that they're saving me from, from paying, and it's good quality stuff. So this is not useless. It's American-made stuff. To buy 50, 40, you know, vests and helmets. I mean, you're like talking. like 600 bucks. But I'm talking about like you're low, the tens low, of thousands of dollars for all this stuff. Nobody that's there has tens of thousands of dollars to give away. Who's funding this? They raised $2 million for, for Jacob Blake. They're, they're launching GoFundMe fundraisers and GoFundMe allows it. They're posting on Twitter their Venmo and their, you know, cash app or whatever. And they're getting money from random people online. Probably a lot of people from outside the country, too. The point is not so much about financing, because I think, uh, and, and we'll definitely talk about Donald Trump's uh, theory about, you hear what he's talking about, the planes full of thugs? He's right. It's true. Very interesting. It, it's true. It's just the media doesn't want to take the, the honest assessment and, and interpret what he's actually talking about. But so, I'll just talk about this. Uh, Donald Trump said that there are planes full of you know thugs and uniforms, and that somebody saw this on a plane, they got very scared. What the left imagines is a bunch of like big dudes wearing military gear getting on a plane to go rough up the RNC. What the person probably saw was a bunch of leftists with patches and like BLM tattoos getting on a plane. And that happens all the time. I don't know if you see this because you, you fly around oh, a lot, right? I, look, I'll tell you this. So I try to be careful because even when I film footage that is not debatable, good old articles and, and periodicals like The Intercept, very dishonest places, will do whatever they can to discredit you. So I try to keep this stuff out of, out of the air. But um, one thing now, there's these, do you know about these really incredible like journalists that have, have risen out of these riots, like Kaylin Delmeda from Scriber, Drew from Lives Matter. I think you guys Drew, have, you, yeah. Yeah. Oh, sure. there's, yeah. yeah, you guys have them tomorrow. There's Drew, George Ventura, Shelby Talcott, uh, Richie McGinnis from The Daily Caller. Definitely. These are just, Andy No. of course, everyone knows right. Andy No. These are just incredible people who are out there just exposing this stuff. And one thing that a lot of them have mentioned is like, uh, when you fly out of major QLA airports like Los Angeles, and you will have people on the plane. Like when I was going up to Sa- Sacramento or when I'm going up to Portland, people are on your flight with helmets and stuff. Yep. And they're not press. Right. Nobody brings helmets, black clad helmets and stuff. I'm watching people. And, and this is where the, the Kenosha stuff, the police found out, right, that there was 44 different cities in the detainments and arrests. 175 arrests, 104, I believe, were from outside Kenosha. I see the same people. And, and I know Drew will, will, will echo this. I see the same people at cities across the country. And at least... But see, here's the point. I'm openly admitting I'm not from those cities. I'm not there to participate right. in the demonstrations. I'm not being dishonest. I'm being honest. Like I'm, my intent is to go there and to capture the events, to put it up on Twitter so people can make their own judgment, create my own show. So if people want my opinion, they go watch Slightly Offensive. Whatever. Do your thing. But if you are getting on planes, I mean, you look at these people. They're professionals. I think in, in Portland, uh, it was Portland. One of the people was a Google engineer yeah. that got arrested. We, we, uh, we used to call these people the tourists. Um, because we knew them, <laughs> we knew who they were. So I used to, yeah. so 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 Trump brings this up, and the media and all these leftists are calling him a conspiracy theorist right now. And I'm like, when Trump said that, I was like, and 
because I used to fly at, 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 at the peak of my career covering the stuff on the ground. I flew about 1.7 times per week if you did the actual math. So just about twice per week I was flying on some plane somewhere. Were you like executive platinum or something? Oh, definitely. Yeah, of course. Upgrade, I was, free upgrades to first class? Absolutely. Oh, always. yeah, that's the life. Yep, I'd walk right in and be like, out of my way, first class. <laughs> but, uh, but I'd notice, you notice two things. The journalists always bring in their tripods and the far leftists go into the riot. And I always thought it was funny. Like when I'm flying to, you know, St. Louis, I went to St. Louis back and forth several times. Oh, you'd see him in New York. There'd be like four or five people wearing clothes with patches and symbols and marks all over their bags with like slogans or whatever. And you're like, I know exactly what that person's going to do. I always tell people, though, it's not cheap. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's not expensive. It is cheap. Flying is not that expensive. What about driving, though? Because, okay, you know, the they Ant- drive do, you, do you know about the Antifa snack van? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so the Antifa snack van, Savannah Hernandez from Action 7, she was in Portland um, about a few days earlier of the RNC speech with Trump. And she had recorded uh, the snack van's tires being slashed. People don't know what this is. I remember that. Um, this is... Big white van, right? This is a big white van that offers supplies to Antifa. Varied supplies. There's this weird thing at these riots where people like love passing out snacks. Like I, I don't know about you, but like I don't know. I mean like I Cheez Its are good, but like Cheez Its paired with Molotov cocktails, there's better combinations. There's better combinations. Don't don't underestimate giving people food. I mean so you, but you, snacks, you, isn't you that know, so childish? Like no, no, there's no, a snack, rider. No. You you know the history of Gatorade? Enlighten me. So they used to, it, it was the Florida Gators. I could be getting this wrong, but I'll give, you, I'll give you the gist of the idea. They used to shoot pickle juice when they were playing sports because it's got electrolytes. It's, you know, salty brine. I love it. They decided to make an actual drink that would help keep them hydrated and keep their electrolyte levels up. People underestimate how much better you perform when you're properly fed and hydrated. So when, when you see the Antifa going out and giving out energy drinks or giving, like, they're literally fueling the unrest. I don't know if you're going to charge someone for handing out bags of Cheez-Its, but when people are running around and you give them food energy, you are ensuring it goes on longer, particularly mm-hmm. if you're giving out drinks, energy drinks, sports drinks, or whatever. I didn't, I didn't, you know, and I think that's where the, the complicitness in, in a lot of these riots come from different factors. And, and I want to bring this up, like, whether it's short distance by the way, the point of the Antifa snack man is it was in D.C. a few days later, which they, is crazy. They, they were in Kenosha. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In, in, but I'm saying like, so you'll notice the same outfits, like a certain flag that was in Chicago that's in Kenosha. That's more understandable. Okay, somebody drove from Chicago to Kenosha. I did the same thing. Let's not get too, you know, out there with these ideas. Carried Everyone's, away. you know, going across borders. But what I did know is I, I, I do ask people, um, Austin Fletcher, I mentioned him earlier, a really good creator, early in 2017, 2016, used to ask people at the end of them complaining about Trump, famously, oh, who did you vote for? And they would always be like, I didn't vote. Right. The new thing is, you know, oh, Jacob Blake, like I have multiple interviews, which there's so much unreleased footage on my channel and things I've been releasing recently because once you involve some sort of a gun related altercation etc the the everything else that you could post is not worth it at that point like i understand as a journalist it's just not worth posting you can upload the raw to like an archive well yeah i know but at that point right i didn't upload a bunch but i interviewed people and i'd ask them they'd be like you know jacob blake got shot this is kenosha this is our county and i'd be like where are you from oh i drove in uh i I drove in from missouri and you're like well (laughs) look i'm all for people that you know, wanting justice, not that the situation is a, is a case of justice or injustice. I'm not going to comment on that. I, 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 According to the accounts of people involved, it looks like it was probably warranted, but I'm not the ju- jury or the judge here. But I will say this. I'm going, don't, 
this is a this is a Monday night, and I'm thinking, I, I, this is my job, so I'm here because this is my job. Where do where do you work? And, and like you know from traveling on trips, the costs do add up, though hotels and food, etc. Where are you staying though? Like where no, are these people? That's easy. It's not expensive to do what they're doing. But when, you say that as a guy who's established. For no, a lot of no, people, no, 10 no, bucks no. is a lot of money. When I first got started, I had no income. And I would just be like, hey, if you want to support my work, you can go to my WePay. And then I would get a So couple. it's crowdfunded it anarchy. Is. But it's not just that. I'd, I'd, post, I'd post a tweet. Anybody got a place I could stay at in Los Angeles? And I'd get 50 responses. Yeah, people do message me. I'll offer me. By the way, thank you. People offer me like someone offered me the other day for a brisket, but also even cooler. They, uh, they asked great, me to come yeah. for a brisket. I wasn't in town. I, I uh, drank a beer on set with uh, Stu Brigier, who's a, a host at Blaze, and it turns out that the owner of the of the brewery, um, you're not going to know which one because you don't know what episode that was, is actually likes the right coverage in the show. And now I'm going to go get some beers at the Whoa, place. Cool. So no, but I but I get what you're saying is like the the connections. People are passionate about this stuff and they want to support it. So you're saying you don't think it's because I know people say it's like oh the open society it's it's Soros. You think it's more just no crowdfunded. It's 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 not even crowdfunded. It's social credit, social currency. So uh, huh. I still know a I lot like of this. a lot of people who do this. Hey, you tweet. Anybody got a place I can stay? Boom. They have Facebook groups. They have they're well organized. A lot of people are like, how are they paying for this? And it's listen, man. They say the same thing about me. Who's funding Tim Pool? Find out who his backer is. And I'm like, no one. It's like I, I run, run a business with you know multiple multiple revenue streams. I fund myself. I work for no one. I have no deals with anybody else. I sometimes mention that you can buy emergency food. You, like work, I, you work harder than most people, though. Really, you put out too much content in a good way. You know? Well, so these people can literally, because what I did, I, when I went to South by Southwest the first time in 20, 2012, March, I just tweeted, anybody got a place I can stay? And I had 50 offers, and I crashed in a guest house. Uh, uh, it, was, it was like an Airbnb, essentially. Someone's like, here's the keys. Here you go. Thank, keep it up, man. Good luck. I'm like, thank you. Yeah, Done. well, you know what? And that's that's why there's this. Um, it's really interesting right now too, because I know that during the 2016 uh, era, a lot of people rose to influence. Where like, this is what I noticed is that the people who came out of like 2016. There was this influencer, political influencers, where it was like you don't exactly know why they're famous, but they have influence, and a lot of them have. I mean, I'm a married man. I'm not saying this inappropriately. They'll, you know, these are a lot of these are very good looking girls with very nice bodies that young men probably just like to follow because men like to hear women that look good spouse their ideas on camera. That's why Fox News hires a bunch of blonde True, women. Right. So, so it's like, you know, and there's nothing wrong with being hot and using your, your good looks to get ahead in life. Hey, do what you got to do. You know, but a lot of these people are just, I don't know what they do and, and I don't have an understanding. <laughs> but a lot of, and, and you know, they're good looking. That's my point. But the people who are rising up during this election season are like myself, like these just like fugly guys who who are like, hey, I'll go, try, I'll go put myself to go get killed, uh, so you don't have to. Well, I've been around for years, but I'm just saying, like, there's a lot of these, you, like, you, it's, like it's just you know what I'm saying. The, the people who are rising right, right. up now show you how serious it actually is because you got you raised up then because you were hot and you could bring attention and you were a little bit crass. Now it's like you're getting big because you're showing people people getting shot, like BG on the scene. You seen that journalist yeah. or whatever? The guy went from like obscurity to like. Twitter famous in a matter of like 45 days. Do the work. Because he's doing the work. He's in the trenches. Generals are yep. made in the trenches. Yeah, man. Well, so so going back to the point about the, the escalation and conflict and all this stuff, because we kind of deviated when I started talking about Trump's airplane full of people. Hey, it's a good point. What do you, you think is going to happen in the election? We, you know, we, we got the mail-in voting problem. We got no one, no one knows who's going to win. 
There have been a bunch of scenarios proposed by, by high-profile individuals on the left. The founder of MSNBC said he thinks that the, the House will give it to Trump, even though Biden wins, essentially, and that it's going to lead to chaos. So this is a real emotional switch right here. This is something that I'm not a psychic, so please nobody in November clip this up to try to discredit me, but I, this is my real raw feelings. I think the energy, the momentum, and the people are behind Donald Trump, and I think it's evident. I mean, it was, do you, do you know, do you want to know something? I agree I, I, with I, you. I was at the acceptance speech for Biden, and I have a video that went viral of his own, there was only one supporter. I there. saw that, one guy. Yeah, and he goes, I'm the only guy here, and everyone else was Trump supporters. In his own home city of Wilmington, Delaware, he couldn't garner support, and the rest of the people were screaming at Trump supporters for not wearing masks outside, I, I was so shocked that I know if this was a fair election, Donald Trump would win in a landslide. And not because you love him or hate him. It's just very evident by what's going on. Take a look at this image. Sean Parnell says, Joe Biden emerged from his basement and flew to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania on a private jet to speak to six people and oh. take no questions from the press. Outside, he drew a crowd of almost 100 people. Way to go, Joe. Legit home state enthusiasm. It's his home state. This makes me sad. Well, it's, it's arguably his home state. I know he's, you know, Joe Biden's Delaware for the most part. But yeah, it's PA supposed to be his state. Look at this photo. Wow. This, 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 this shocked me to my core. I wept when I saw this photo, Elijah. I said, no, Joe. Literal tears. I'm kidding. No joke. But what? this is, ins it's insane. Did you see, you know what I noticed is that when he's doing interviews with uh, Kamala, Kamala, how do you say it? Kamala. 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 Kamala can't fill half a you're high school gym, you Harris. You say, you're, you're racist if you say it wrong, by the way. Okay. Yeah. Kamala can't fill half a high school gym. That's a true story. I went to her rally. She couldn't fill half a high school gym. I'm telling you, pep rallies could fill more people than that. But she, uh, they were like in these in interviews, they're like 30 feet apart, her and, and Joe. It makes me wonder, I, it sounds weird, are they taped at different times? Are they done with a split to allow timing? Because I know how things work. I work in editing. Right. I'm going, the only way I could think that things are cut like this other than pure insanity and beyond, because beyond, if you want to talk about security, it's like Trump He's, is more hated than Joe and Trump doesn't have this kind of level of, of, of distance. Do, 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 Why is it like that? Do you see this video where, where Trump's signing autographs? He's like patting people on the back I and shaking it. hands. He's like he doesn't. He's just he's, he's a he's, boss. He didn't care. He's a boss. He drinks. He drinks coke he, and he eats Big Macs. What a cool guy. You know why he does that though, right? Because he likes good food. Because he <laughs> he believes that fast food chains have national standards and are more are less likely to get you sick, and that he doesn't like he doesn't trust a random individual restaurant because he doesn't know what their standards are. He knows the fast food restaurants have nationalized. He's the only guy who eats drunk food and doesn't drink. Right, exactly. And what, a, what a legend. He's like, he's like, look, guys, I'm going to be like a drunk guy at 2 a.m., but completely sober and owning the entire uh, entire far left <laughs> with just one bite. And remember, he, he, he ticked everybody off with buying McDonald's for that team. Yeah. Oh, that's so weird. Why would they get mad at that? The, the team apparently loved it. Yeah, that's great. great. Those guys eat like Burgers. stale Funyuns. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, like th that's good for them. All right, I want to show you one more thing before we go to Super Chats, though. Have you seen LeBron James's uh, new shirt? Oh. Can you read that for me? <sighs> I wish I didn't have to, but it <laughs> says, vote or die. Huh. LeBron James, man, this guy, I'm, I'm sorry, he's not smart. You know, like, his comments on China. American dream, man. Just get rich, not be smart, and 
live in the best he's, country he's, in the he's world. One of the best basketball players yeah, filthy, ever. Though. Yeah, but I'm saying you don't have to be smart. You just go around and throw around a little ball, hang out, make giant brand deals, and then just talk crud on your whole country that got you there. But there, there Genius. are there are NBA players who are standing up for this country and you know are legit. And I'm not saying they're necessarily smart. Do they either. get airtime though? That's the question. Well, you saw that dude who tore his ACL. What, no. what was that guy's name? Uh, you don't pay attention to sports. I, his, oh, I don't remember. I don't remember. I should, Sorry, though, because yeah, that dude stood guy. He stood up for the flag and everything. But anyway, look, I'm not, I'm not, I am not. don't really care that much about LeBron. I'm not trying to rag on him or anything like that. But he, he wore this shirt that said, vote or die. I like to show you South Park. This is, a, this is South Park. At least we know that, unless it was Comedy Central, they're not going to rip you because these guys still have a sense of humor. Mm-hmm. This is a picture from South Park right here. It's Puff Daddy. He's holding up a shirt that says, vote or die. We can't show the video, huh? No, no, no copyright. Because, yeah, and they're all swearing. Also, yeah, so much And he's swearing. chasing around Stan, and what? they're like shooting at him and stuff. This is what we were watching earlier. Yeah. Oh, it's I love hilarious. this. I didn't even know the connection. I was like, why are you watching? It was so weird. I like South Park, actually. It's kind of weird because I'm a Christian, and you know, my mom, my mom, uh, you know, rest in peace. She she used to because she was like my dad's a pastor. My my mom's a pastor's wife, so she would like hate. She used to hate South Park because it was like you know it was just a lot of like private jokes and things. It really was. It used to be like a show that didn't know what it was there for and Jew jokes and things that are just crass and the average person doesn't like and it's kind of distasteful, edgy, edgy whatever. But kids liked it. It's weird how they've become like the most honest political, like I guess commentary show, and it's a paper cartoon. These guys have they're not even conservatives or anything have seen through the bs almost better than anyone and what a statement in 2020 that like a guy named tim pool who's not with a network who funds himself and is not getting back in money from some country is having the one of the most powerful voices and even more slap in the face is not just a guy on youtube running more successful business and getting more viewers than a network by the way it's like i mean it really is true i mean you get millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars in these terrible shows and you're getting a better viewership live viewership than all these organizations nonprofits, etc but then it's like a step further. It's like, well, maybe Tim Pool's just this guy in a beanie and he knows something. But it's like, what if we just cut up some paper and manipulated it on our computer and it tells a truer story than multi-million dollar broadcast networks? I mean, <laughs> it's South Park's establishment, it, though. Like they, 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 it doesn't matter if it's establishment. It's just like, look at the technology behind it. It's improved. It's like they actually have animation programs now. Sure, but if you watch, if you watch the way they put the show together, the, the, the creators even say that sometimes they're, they're rendering it minutes before it airs. Yeah, like, totally. They just don't care. Yeah, they do it in real time. I, I, I think, <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't watched any of the later episodes, but it's hilarious just to see that these shows like South Park and The Simpsons have predicted so much, you know? But it's, it's so honest, and that's what I was going to say about the show. Like, she used to not like it, but then she warmed up to it. My mom, not, she wouldn't watch it, by the way. My, my mom, if people that know her, she had a cult following, too. She did not watch South Park. But she understood when I'd show her, you know, parts about it, that it became, the humor stopped being, oh, I got to make a racist joke, or I got to make this kind of joke. It was like, society is the joke. Let's just look at society and look at how crazy it is. And no longer humor is not, it's not edgy because it's crass or edgy because it's discriminatory. It's just edgy because real life is just a freaking clown show. Yep. <laughs> do you know, do you know, yeah, do you know, right. do you know the, what, what, who, who's the guy who wrote the thing? Uh, was it Kafka? No, I don't think uh, what about the clown and the, and the fire. You know oh, talking about? that I think was, I think it was. Who was that? Girte. No, look it up. Just Google it. Yeah, I will. But I was. I don't think it's. I'm trying to get some cred for myself here. Yeah, I, I believe you were incorrect. Hundred tonight. No. Okay. You're wrong. All right. All right. It's like it's like if I hear, I'm gonna be like, that's the guy. Do you know the story about the clown? <laughs> talking about Biden still, or who we're talking about? It's the it's the clown story, man. <laughs> okay. All right. It's a clown story. Clown comes out on stage because there's a fire breaking out backstage, and he starts screaming. Everyone, run! There's a fire. They all start laughing. He says, "No, no, seriously, seriously, there's a fire. You guys get out of here!" And they all start laughing even harder and harder. 
And then like, I don't know that you, you, I was you, wrong. And I, yeah. Who is it? Jeez. I'm just doing great over here tonight. Get it together, yes. Yes. Can you, yeah, read, can you yeah. read the story? Okay. So a fire broke out backstage in a theater. The clown came out to warn the public. They thought it was a great joke and applauded. He repeated it. The acclaim was even greater. I think that's just how the world will come to an end to general applause from wits who believe it's a joke. There it is. Wow. It's a, it's listen, man, LeBron James is wearing a voter die shirt. It's literally a joke from South Park. Can I just, can I just say, I think we, I think in 2016, the sweet meteor of death actually came and wiped us all out and we all went to purgatory together. Wait, so this was, this was before this video on South Park was made before. Yeah. 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 Like years ago, man. Oh my God. You know, right. That's the point. LeBron James unironically wore a shirt where they were making fun of the idea a decade ago. Like, I don't even know where this episode's from. The the YouTube video is from 2014. LeBron's actually wearing vote or die. What? (laughs) Dude, you know, man, I'll tell you what. I don't I don't take it to a dark place. You know, I, I have to talk about scary things. Riots, man. People are getting killed. It's getting crazier and crazier. And I laugh. You know what I do? Listen. This is the way you got to view the world. You wake up in the morning, you might find that uh, things are bad. But if you always take it to a dark place, you'll never get ahead. You got to learn to laugh at the craziness. And you got to learn to, you, you, you got to learn to respect the gifts you are given. I'll tell you what, this is a lesson people got to learn. You right now, you've got, it, you've got it made. You're one of the richest people in the world. You know that? Americans, this is a great country. If you, this is what I tell people, if you were buck naked in the middle of the woods, alone, that's you at zero. If you're buck naked in the middle of the woods and you got a pointy stick, you got something. You're doing better. If you're buck naked in the middle of the woods and you know you got, you got a cut and you're bleeding, now you're negative. It's really, really hard for me to view anything as necessarily detrimental to me. Like if I got, that's why I'm always like, if, if they banned me, I'm not going to cry about it. I'm just going to be like, I don't know, I guess there it is. I got my health. I got my skateboard. I got friends. A good, some, a some good cats. A good life, you know. And I and I think that I, I, I want to point this out. There's a really funny statement that a friend and I we were just laughing together. You know, you just have those good times. You just have some beers, hanging out, whatever, chilling. Maybe it's an iced tea you prefer, whatever. And you know, we, I was I was joking. I was going, you know, all these people want you to be this or that, and they you know they rag on you. Why aren't you say this? Why aren't you like that? Well, you're just trying to be you. And I go, you know, it's like we were talking. There's there's nobody out there that is talking crud that is a hater that is just completely trying to tear you down that has a life that i envy it's like every every night it's like ultimately my wife is not just my wife she's my best friend she's incredible she she really and it's not just saying that it's like she's so much fun to hang out with she's my priority we we is she look, good at video games um she's good at animal crossing oh, okay that counts all right i'll accept it <laughs> she's a pretty good island i'm not gonna lie but i was gonna say uh you know is that is that we're there we hang out every every day when i come back from these rides i come home I have a, a woman who loves me. I have a, a dwarf hamster who couldn't give a crap if I died tonight. That's <laughs> but, adorable. But I, but I feed him anyways. His name is Gus. He's morbidly obese, and he, and oh, he, no. and he might be racist. Oh, my um, gosh. But, but, but I will, racist answer. Yeah, but I, but I will say this. That, you know, but it's like I, I have a great place. We're thinking about having some kids. It's like there's no weird far left writing or anything that can take away the fact that me and my wife love each other that we have a good life and you know what we've been poor before we could be poor again she grew up in Africa with nothing I grew up you know in near poverty with a dad who tried to start a church we we grew up near gangs and everything I didn't know I live in a poor neighborhood of LA which people don't know that LA can be very ghetto actually it can be very poor even though it's America it can get very very dangerous and bad and we've come from nothing and we've had nothing together and ultimately what makes us happy and what brings us together is just 
the fact that we have a good outlook on life, that we love God, we love each other, and we live to protect this country from, from people who want to destroy it. And it's like, and in the end, you can shoot me with rubber bullets. DHS, Department of Homeland Security, I'm just getting over an injury. They broke my shin in Portland. Whoa, really? Oh yeah, they gosh, shot dude. me point blank with a canister, a rocket, like a, a gas-propelled canister. It split open my shin, cracked my shin, oh. and I fell to the ground. It was really bad, and I was off the field for a few weeks. But I'm back. And I've, I've been positive through it all. Got to wear armor, bro. I, no joke. I didn't know shin guards were necessary at riots. I mean, if you're consistently doing conflict, then you, the, the number one rule is never stand in between the police and the rioters. Well, unfortunately, there's Portland is hard to do that. Right, right. <laughs> but I'm just saying in the Dude, end. try I'm, doing I'm just, it in favelas in Brazil. Well, I'm not. Uh, one day I'll get to your level. Oh, no, I'm, 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 I'm out of that. I, I just I just sit in my my. I'm a Tim pond, not a Tim pool. <laughs> yeah, one day one day my pond will widen into a pool. There it. you go. <laughs> I just sit in my room and talk talk you know complain on the internet about my feelings. Now it became too dangerous. <laughs> they started I started getting harassed, started getting death threats, and they recognized me. And then you you reach a certain threshold, and I think you might run into that too. I but, don't think it's safe now, but you know Antifa treats me pretty fairly now. After they've given me two concussions actually. <laughs> I've been I've been got hit in the head with like brass knuckle type things just back in January. They. I have a dent in my skull. Yeah. They just came up there. They tried to rob my, my producer of his camera. Um, and then they punched me in the back of the head. And luckily I was wearing a bit of a bump cap, but they still hit and put a little dent in the back, cracked open my skull. I've been in conflict with them, but most recently I've been straight up telling them I I'm past the point of taking crap anymore. Just in case you're watching, I will never attack anyone. I'm a completely defensive person, but if my life is in danger, I am, now fully capable without hinting on what that means i'm fully capable and surrounded by people to defend it and i and i do not operate out of a place of 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 vulnerability anymore and i and they know that and they put alerts out and i'm telling you if you're part of antifa if you're around these people elijah schaefer is not somebody you want to mess around with because even if you somehow took me out you would be taken out very shortly after because of the people I'm surrounded with. So that's just a statement. Don't start fights. Do not start fights with don't me. Don't break the law. Do not start fights with me. I, I, Anybody. Uh, don't break the law. But me particularly, don't try <laughs> Yeah, don't do it. That's fair. You know, <laughs> at, at a certain point to be most effective, you, you can see that there are some people who just can't go on, go on the ground anymore because they get targeted. And it was happening to me. And I, I was like, I don't want to be on the ground being the story with people running up to me. And that's what was happening. But I'm going to covert now. Yeah, I, you like dress I, up I, like Antifa. Sometimes I spend 250 bucks on a trip changing outfits and buying new clothes. And sometimes in a day, I'll change three times wow. while covering things. Wow. That's Multiple smart. armor, colors, covert shirts. I mean, I was going to I was going to stands, uh, Black Lives Matter stand, buying clothing off the street just to change while I was at a at a riot. I I just throw Clever. I throw clothes in the trash while I'm out and buy stuff at stores, and I just change my appearance. I have lots of glasses, etc. And that's what it's come down to. If you don't invest heavily in 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 different appearances, they'll target you. I mean, if you <laughs> you've got to look, people know how you look. Yeah, but when I would go out, you know, I would wear relatively different things. But yeah, definitely. I wear the same clothes. It's a every war day. game now. It's a war game. I mean, we. I. 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 I you have to treat it like you're a war reporter. And I. And I, and I don't. I'm not fluffing. Well, conflict my tail. is conflict, bro. That's what I'm saying. It's not like I'm not like going. I don't walk out like like wearing like John <laughs> Wick. Like I'm gonna come out. It's just like you realize that it's not just like the press aren't safe. Anybody who's exposing the truth by name, you know, they want to kill your guest. Is he coming to Monterey, Drew? Yeah. Yeah. So they they want to. They literally are trying to kill him. Of course. Like, like murder this I've had, guy. I've had them post pictures of my mom. I, but it doesn't make sense because it's like this is a guy just filming stuff. Does it, well, they don't want the truth getting out. I hate these people. They want to be able to propagandize and destroy with impunity. And journalism hurts that. So journalists at big companies, they don't want to take the risk. 
what do these guys get paid? 30, 40 grand at some of these garbage companies. And they're like, you want me to insult these guys? I'll show up to my house. And, and they talk. agree with them too. A lot. Of, most of them do, I'd say. <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah. be fair, yeah. Let's do Super Chats. Yes. All right. So we got, this is from, where are we at? Dom D says, I've been talking about this since 2017. I don't believe the moment Trump started is conservative. It's just America first, where everyone can come together. From my research, it feels like this is the last gasp of what caused the civil war, mass division before peace. So long as the lunatic racists don't win. Jay Bosquez says, Tim Chacho and lispy, slightly pale surfer guys. What if me tooing our elections was nothing but basement war using a VPN to cover the bathing suit area vids and zombied out trolling Americans? F, I have no idea what you're trying to huh, say. I think that was our conversation about yeah. my California voice, which people <laughs> love to make fun of, but I think is awesome. Yeah, it is. 100%. We'll take it. Matrim's Coffin says, journalism today is like the armchair anthropology of the 19th century. Have artifacts sent to you at home and use your imagination to write the book. You ever see one of the earliest drawings of an elephant? It was described to a guy, and he drew this picture, and it's hilarious. It's so funny. Sounds about right. Yeah, and there's like there's really funny images where they're like, if someone found a bat skeleton and didn't know what the bat was, here's what they would draw, and it's a gigantic monster with big fingers because they wouldn't know that there was wings. You know what I mean? Like so, little, two little, just wings. Yeah, very but, nice. But the monster they drew was like had huge fingers. <laughs> well, we see that with dinosaurs too. We have no idea how they looked. Right, exactly. That was that was the point. Yeah. Are we in your super? This is this is the weird part of this is your super chats. Here we go. Yeah, here we go, baby. Yeah. All right. Harold Cole says, "From the mouth of a cop, you should check out Donut Operator's channel. Thanks for what you do. Ooh, yeah. I have I have seen some of his videos. He does a great job. Yeah, good good channel. R- good breakdowns. Yeah, smart guy. Yeah. John Scow says, "Favorite political meme? Mine is where it shows Bernie Sanders and it says, I am once again asking for your financial support.' <laughs> That's a good one. That's great. I don't know if any of the top of my head. Yeah." What do you, what do you I, think? I think I think that actually reminds me of living in California. It was like you know the raise they're gonna they're proposing raising the state tax from like thirteen percent I think up to sixteen or seventeen. And they want they want to they want to tax people who have been there within the past ten years. Yeah, I even just moved if you my leave. company out, I just I moved. I, I doesn't I, matter. Too late. Oh, I'm not paying that. The welcome tyranny. What are they, what are they going to do? Are they going to send cops to Texas to get you? Try me. Do not come, <laughs> right. do not come on my property. Texas, yeah, man. Good luck with that. Mr. Scratch says, remember to vote to avoid the red mirage scenario Tim was talking about. Trump needs a clear majority to win. Don't get complacent. That is a fact. Mm-hmm. Yethna says, please invite Ethan Van Skyver as a guest. He's an NJ and has crazy stories of dealing with SJW lunacy, currently making them cry because he's over a $1 million in a crowdfunded comic book. He's a canceled Republican. I'm dying to see y'all chat. See my email. Uh, I don't know. Send an email to spintheufo at gmail.com. I'll look it but up. I've, I've heard his story vaguely. All right, let's see. Colin says, at least Rosenbaum. No, I'm not going to read that one. That's going to get in, tr- in trouble. <laughs> Sean Lewis says, Joe Rogan's first day with Spotify, and he's al- he already gets censored. Spotify conveniently refused to upload certain people. There was a list out there of said people, and they all share something in common. I've seen the list uh, of Joe Rogan's you know, Spotify uploads. Yikes. There's many, many shows that are missing. I don't know anything about it, but I can say... I, I believe this is true. All of the all of the podcasts will never stop existing. They're not getting deleted or anything. It's just Spotify is not going to be hosting specific podcasts. I guess Spotify has their favorites, and I I mean it's kind of sad, right? I mean, if he left YouTube, people said it was because of the censorship, but it can't be why he left YouTube. I think it was just good deal, probably Spotify. I think uh, it's a great thing that he did that by leaving because it's putting pressure on YouTube that there's competition. I mean, there's there's still Alphabet has holdings. I don't know how, to what degree if it's the majority or whatever of Spotify. But with Rogan now going to Spotify, it puts YouTube in a weakened position where Spotify is open for business. You got a successful podcast on the platform, 
You, I mean, his show was big on YouTube. You're on Spotify, right? Yeah. But not I've, video, I, though. I know because that's what I say. I've, my my podcast is on audio uh, as well there, and I I just feel like the numbers aren't there though compared to YouTube. Like I feel like there's such higher numbers on YouTube. Pod, podcast on, network is very different. Like the so I mean, yeah. I mean, people listen, but I didn't notice this from the audio. People listen longer than people watch. Yep. So if you put like a two-hour podcast on Spotify, like half the people listen to the whole thing, and then like twenty percent right. of the people listen to the whole thing on YouTube. So it's, exactly, it's got it's got a good retention rate. Yep, and it's, that's why it's worth more money. All right, let's see where are we at. Vicidia says heard about a New York Times article from Steve Deese yesterday about a fault in our PCR test. The issue is that 90% of the people who tested positive barely had any virus. The test was calibrated to be overly sensitive. Long scientific explanation. I heard something about that. Justin Four says, when Rittenhouse's charges are dropped, the defamation lawsuits begin. Sean King's career experience will be beneficial to him when he goes broke and has to beg for money. We'll see how it plays out. Cohen Andrews says, Elijah was in the Chaz. Massive amount of respect for Slightly Offensive. I watched mm-hmm. him on Crowder. Love and appreciate what both of you do. Yeah, I thought I, I, it was it was convenient because we wanted we wanted people who were on the ground. Because you know, look, I don't go on the ground anymore. It's, it's just a reality. I'm looking at your Twitter videos and and you know using your reporting for a lot of my work. So that'd be great to have you on. We Here should, yeah, and maybe we'll connect one time in the future too. I, I got to get you out to guys out to Texas. I re- yeah. really do. You guys got to we got we you guys got to come out. One one time you'll come out there though. I'll, I'll get you guys out there. But also, if you ever get a new studio or something. Maybe I'll be back out here in a year or so. Heck yeah, man. We'll talk. We got one from Shannon Schaefer. I saw on <laughs> FB that someone said that if you type antifa.com to a browser, it will go to Joe Biden's campaign this website. I think it was a troll. Yeah, yeah it's a troll. Yeah, yeah. I, I, people, wait, can I just say that? People are really concerned and you have to learn humor. Like anti, when you go like antifa.com goes to Biden or like if you... If Anyone you, can just do that. It's not mm-hmm. hard. Right. It, it's not... It's supposed to be funny. Not, I mean, somebody bought antifa.com, which is probably expensive. Oh my gosh. I Maybe it wasn't and they're going to now have like i like i want that i want that to be my website <laughs> I know, right? they said i did do that which did go directly to the campaign website i looked at the bottom of the website and saw that it was endorsed by biden thoughts you can buy any domain any domain and automatically redirect to any other website mr tumnus says the white fragility audiobook uh, audiobook is on youtube it's six hours long and tough to listen to oh, man yeah i can imagine all right let's see the coaster guy says, hey, Tim and Elijah, cheers from a National Guardsman working on the COVID task force in Michigan. Unfortunately, I've recently lost a few friends due to my army career. I've always considered myself a regular person, but that's unacceptable for them. Then they weren't your friends to begin with. I've got, I've got a, fr- a good friend who is, I guess you just say like a normie. But, but, but they post all the SJW stuff, the Black Lives Matter stuff. A few of those friends. Vote for too. Biden. And when I said I'm probably going to be voting for Trump. They were like, I trust that you've done your research and you have your reasons and I'm you know, disappointed, but we'll talk about it. And I'm like, yeah, for sure. I'm disappointed in that's you, a, that's a, But that's a real friend. Hey, Someone Tim. who's like, I trust you and I think, you, you've done your, I think you're smart and you know what you're doing, but you know, I, I disagree. But we're still friends. I wouldn't have friends that are disappointed in me for my voting because if they're my friend, then they should know that I don't give a crud about people's feelings about what I vote for. It's like, I'm sorry, dude, if you're going to tell me that you're disappointed, I know what you're saying though too. I have friends too that are like, I've never, me and my friends do not talk about who we're voting for. We just live our lives authentically and that should show what you're voting for. Like, No, I think this is good you know? because the response was we should talk about it. And I said, absolutely. And I'm confident I convinced them. Are they them. one of those people that's like really not involved in the political side of, of social media? They're, they're absolutely. Yeah. No, no, none whatsoever. But don't you love those people? Like, they but, keep you grounded. They're refreshing. But they're, they're inundated by TV. Oh, and the every, all, all the big companies. Cut the cord. So they're posting things. They hate Trump, Trump derangement, all that stuff. But they're not p- 
politically active. So they have these generic normie default liberal opinions they've seen from the TV. So when they say to me, yeah. I, you know, I dis- I'm disappointed, but we should talk about it. What that says is, for one, they're actually my friend and they want to talk with me because even if they're of the opinion I shouldn't vote for Trump and they're actively trying to help me, I respect that. I, I, this is something I talked about, you know, because like, I'm not religious. When people would say things like, I'm praying for you, my response is like, that's, I really appreciate that. Bill Maher said something like this. He's an atheist. When people would say, I'm praying for you, he said, that, that means a lot to me because it says that you're willing to do something because you're trying to save me. You want to help me. I respect that. Even though he doesn't believe it'll do anything, it's someone actually saying, I want to try and help you in some way that I can. And, and so I, I respect it. Somebody to tell me that they don't like Trump and they want to talk to me about it says a lot to me because there are a lot of people who, who just explode and go nuts and post insane things. And I'm like, we were never really friends if you wouldn't want to just talk to me about what's going on in this country. And you think that I would just willy nilly choose these things. But the remarkable thing about a lot of these people I know who have gone full SJW and are screeching into the wind, they don't they don't read any news. They just see memes from like Occupy Democrats. And like TikTok, like 15 yeah. second videos that describe things in extremely reductionist ways. Exactly. All right, let's see what we got here. Leor Engelstein says, Tim Pool is hipster Ben Shapiro and you can't convince me otherwise. <laughs> you guys do talk similarly. I was going to say, did you? Okay, hold up. Because these are both people you know. And I know I have not met. You've been, you've been on Joe. You and Joe are friends, right, Rogan? I would, I would say, sh- yeah, I guess I, I talked to him there's relatively this, often. There's this YouTuber that recreated Joe Rogan and Ben Shapiro on. I was dying because he goes, Joe's like, they, they did a pretty good Joe impersonation. Like, yeah, Ben. <laughs> so uh, I think we should give all of our kids just like a bow and arrow and put them out in the wilderness. And Ben Shapiro goes, well, if you go to my website right now, you go to cashforgold.com slash Ben. That's C-A-S-H. And he goes, and Joe's like, are you seriously plugging your sponsor on my show? And he goes, yeah, if, if, if you go to, if you go to cash for gold, cash for gold, and he starts, he doesn't know he's speaking. He just literally starts going. Blah, 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 blah. So Joe's actually hard to do an impersonation of. There's like a really funny video uh, about Joe Rogan having a chimp on his show. It's, it's really, it's, it, I forgot what's, I forgot what the channel's called, but you can look it up and it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. He's like sitting there and he's like, I'm so excited to have you on. And there's a chimp just going like. <laughs> and then he's like, he's smoking a bong. And he goes, that's crazy. <laughs> the, the chimp is just like <laughs> screaming. But I was watching that and I was like, they, I'm not trying to be mean. It's a really, really, really great video. It's hilarious. I laughed ridiculous. Like it's, I was laughing my ass off. But uh, it, it's, I'm like, it's really hard to do an impersonation of, of Joe Rogan. Really Joe, easy, but you know, but but I was gonna say, but 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 it's easy with with Ben. Ben's but I, easy, but I think the wording, like I think in that same video, they're like, "Hey, um, I think we're gonna try to set the record for talking about elk meat the fastest <laughs> in this episode, and then any episode." But then Ben just goes, "Hey, listen, listen, Ben," and he keeps plugging his own his own advertisement. <laughs> All right, yeah, that's cool, but you have you checked out Cash for Gold? <laughs> so the cartoon that um, Tim is talking about is from a channel called Flash Kids. Yes, on that's YouTube. What I it was. Yeah. So Leo also says, can you link the polls and studies that you source on your YouTube videos? Thank you for your awesome work. A lot of times I'm just pulling off the top of my head because I've read them before and I don't have them in every single video. It's, it's, this, this is actually a challenge in producing so much content. People will be like, man, Tim sure does say the same thing in a lot of his videos. And I'm like, but it's because someone who watches this video didn't watch that video. Right. And so if I don't mention it, the context is excluded. Right. You are, but you are a content machine. This house is a content machine that the studio, everything you do is, is a content machine because uh, honestly speaking, you produce about as much daily content as a network does. 
I, I'm not even joking. I mean, I'm, well, not, I'm not talking up on your own show. I mean, I, I know that you, you I, I understand what you're doing. I but do like 24 hours. I do six. Well, on all your channels, though? Yeah, six hours. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying, but that's still, I mean, a lot of online networks, when you really put together what they put out, just like social clips and stuff, it, it is pretty remarkable because you don't, you don't drink or anything, do you? You're no. just like, you just focus on work. So you're just yeah. hard, you just you just you just grind, which is like a lot of young guys are probably listening. They're they're thinking, why am I not getting ahead while they're just like smoking pot and drinking? Which, by the way, it's America. If you occasionally want to smoke pot or whatever, do you do you figure out your own life in a balance? But like, if you really like a lot of people that complain about not getting ahead, they're they're actually more lazy than they think. They want to they want to to receive benefit without putting in the grind, and they go, well, Tim Pool has a big audience and blah blah blah. It's like, no, you've been putting in. People put in the grind before the audience comes, and the audience and the recognition comes because you put it in when nobody's watching yeah i was inspired by someone who told me that they produced content every single day no matter what with no days off and so i said then i will do that and so i started making one video per day every day no matter what and if it meant that i didn't know what i was doing i just had to like sit there and grind as hard as possible to figure something out and sometimes it was kind of bad sometimes it was kind of good and then once i got the the role once i started just getting that down perfectly i was like i could easily do a couple more and so now i'm at you know, we, 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 so there's of original content minutes, about three hours and 40 or so minutes in terms of maximum total content. It's about six hours. And the, so, so how it works is there's two hour live. There's one hour and 40 minutes of recorded segments throughout the day. And then the two hour live is broken up into individual segments. So the total output is six hours, a little redundant. So it comes down to around four, but in hey, I'll get there one day. Once I'll give you a call, Tim. When once I say, "Hey, Tim, I don't think I can go out in the field anymore," I'm gonna call you, and you're gonna give me some tips on how to pump out that much content. It's called just uh, work hard, <laughs> exercise. A, a one-page book. Work hard. Thanks, Tim. Yeah. I, I exercise almost every day when I can, and uh, it's, it's skateboarding. It's pretty pretty intense. I'm like literally drenched. Riots like, are my exercise. I literally, I'm just running it's around. True. Yeah. Like, three or four days a week, I'm like, like running around, like yeah, just running around, dripped in sweat for like six, seven hours, and that's my whole exercise. Wow. Yeah. When I when I first started covering this stuff, I've been skateboarding my whole life. You're pretty good. Oh yeah. P- people that people maybe that follow you closely would know that, but I watched you guys out there. You guys are you guys are ripping it on the skate park. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't I don't I don't know what I what I did substantial today because I was kind of just horsing think, around. Did you do a tray flip at one point? Yeah, first try. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw. Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's kind of hard. I never yeah. did one successfully. Oh, easy, dude. I could, I did switch, switch tray flip, switch hard flip. I did a switch Good hard flip. Good on you, man. I almost act. I was trying to do a switch hard flip late one eighty, and I accidentally did a switch hard flip late frontside flip ninety degrees, and then we all started laughing. I was like, I wasn't trying to do that. That would be crazy if I did. But that's a particularly difficult trick. I can do a bunch of, you know, late flips and all the crazy stuff. But but it's not so much about being good at skateboarding. I skate every day just to to stay active, make sure I'm getting exercise. When I first started covering all the riots, the one advantage I had over all of the other journalists was that I could I could run as far as I could tell, I never reached a point where I would get tired running. So the riots are breaking out and I'm running full speed, I'm ducking, I'm weaving, mm-hmm. I'm rolling. And I'm just not tired. I'm like, this is nothing compared to jumping off a building and slamming your face into concrete. I'm just walking down the street. So that, I remember there was one protest I was covering. It was one of the Trayvon Martin protests. And we walked literally the entire length of Manhattan, just like the whole way. And I'm like, I, I got to hand it to the protesters, man. I'm, I'm impressed they walked that far because I was tired by the end of that. Miles and miles. People yeah. don't realize how like, much. 
How many miles is that? Like Dude, 30 miles? Well, you know what the worst part was in Kenosha? Was that they put the city curfew. So we had to drive <laughs> like 30, 40 minutes out of the county to just get McDonald's. And people don't realize that at these things, sometimes you like, what's healthy to me is taking one of the breads off my each of my double cheeseburgers. Like that's yeah, why pe- people people will talk, will talk like people are like, oh, you one gained some weight doing this. I go, dude, you know what sucks is it's three in the morning and you have a, two options, McDonald's limited menu or Burger King limited menu. And unfortunately, after yeah, you've dude. been running around, you know, you're not going to eat a salad. And, and, and it, it does tax you and it wears you out. I remember uh, when, I, when I covered the, the collapse of Occupy Wall Street when the police came in, I, was, I did a live stream for 22 hours straight. Holy, what? Yeah. And so people were running and buying batteries and running, run, running them to me when I was like, well, my phone's about to die. Then people would, in the chat would be like, get him a battery. And they'd run to the store, buy a battery. And I got three batteries that day from people like running up to me, finding me from the stream and being like, here's the battery. I'm like, yes. And I'd plug it in. But then eventually I was holding an umbrella because it was raining and I couldn't move my hand anymore. And so then I was like, oh man, I need a banana. And then people ran and found me and gave me bananas and like uh, uh, smoothies and stuff. You start to shake and stuff. And I think a lot of these people, and I'll tell you this, because you know this, uh, a lot of these journalists I mentioned earlier, like George and Kaylin and, and Drew and stuff and Andy, is you, you can see how they've aged from this because of just, <laughs> no, realist. I'm 27 years old, but like, uh, you see right when I got into this, I had bleached blonde hair. I had I had a nose ring. I was like, You're all like, ripped and chiseled I and actually, sparkling I, teeth. I and- actually had a six pack. <laughs> and, I, and I was in pretty good. Sh- I'm like I was in some of the best shape of my life. Like no, not a lot, but benching like two fifty, whatever, doing pretty good. And now I am like Leonardo DiCaprio dad about. No, I'm not that bad. But like meaning I am not in the best shape of my life. And and I try. I still go to the gym. Everything. I'm trying to exercise. But it's like when you get your shin busted out by DHS and you're stuck, or when you're when you're traveling. You know, you go out to go to Chicago and you buy all your groceries and they expire in your fridge because now you went on another you got called out because somebody else decided to burn down their town it's really hard to take care of your health it really is this is a very hard industry yeah. to take care of your health yeah there, there were a lot of days where I would start losing the ability to walk because you cover a protest for four hours no water no potassium you're, you're exerting yourself and it's like running a marathon and wearing a, all while wearing a gas mask two half the time with like no oxygen and then your, your pores are burning on the side of your face you, and you're, every time you sweat but people don't realize about, about like being in clouds of tear gas for multiple hours is it Drives. soaks yeah, yeah it's like soaks <laughs> into your like dna or something i mean this is totally anti-science but let's just go with say. it yeah but i mean like i'm what i'm saying is like it feels like it becomes a part of you yeah and then the worst part of the night is is when you get in the shower yeah <laughs> and you feel like you're you're you're, you're it's like lava it it, it, it yeah wait, wait your whole yeah, body yeah, yeah, cries wait, wait. you ever see that movie daybreakers no it's uh uh ethan hawk plays a vampire and the whole society is vampires and they're running, they're running out of humans. Oh, I know. Yes, I do know this but one. There's a, there's a scene where Willem Dafoe's character discovers a way to turn back to being human when he gets ejected from his car, bursts into flames, and hits the water. So they have this scene where Ethan Hawke is in this vat, and they, they open it. Sunlight's com- sunlight comes in, and he bursts into flames and screams, and they close it. He's like, ah, and they open it again. He bursts into flames. That's what it's like. You're <laughs> coming like home. That, you're, huh? you're coming back from right. When I was in D.C. on inauguration night, during the, the Trump riots when he was getting inaugurated, I was covered in pepper spray, just like, oh, dude, all over. Is it, was it like the bear mace kind where they just No, no, it was, it, was, it, it was police OC. Olio resin capsaicum. And so they were spraying, and I had it all over my neck and my, my shirt, and I got in the shower, and it was like that scene from Daybreak, as you turn the water on, and you go, ah! 
what, I'm kidding. It's not no, that no, bad. It, 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 <laughs> you know, it is because what I told someone about, I said, this is where I'm going to get graphic here. So you have, you have, you know, speaking of, of cracks in the, in the matrix, you have another crack. And <laughs> the problem is, is that when you shower, that the water runs down your crack and it gets into, <laughs> a, it, it gets into your, it gets, I'll call it a sphincter medically. You gotta be careful, having man. Having liquid tear gas oh, no. drip into your sphincter and feel <laughs> like burning, sin, like it feels like someone took a, a red hot chili pepper, not the band, and just shoved it up <laughs> your butt. It, it hurts, it burns. And you have your other front part that, <laughs> your that front hole you know that, that 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 especially if you have you know manscaped recently or anything that's all sensitive if you've done anything like that you guys you, you know you got you got to take care of what you got to take care of and and it touches these freshly cut pores and stuff down on the family jewels and oh my gosh like i remember the first time my old producer did this you just hear in the bathroom the shower turns on and we go three two oh, oh dude what is this i'm like i couldn't warn you i just i'm sorry you got it's like you got to get it over with people it's, it's, it's funny it. it's funny when you're hanging out with someone who's never actually gone through it and it's like the first spraying is kind of bad but then after like 15 or so minutes they forget about it and you just know they they don't understand what's coming next so they're like you get the spray on, you get tear gas dried on you or whatever, and then you go about your business, and it's like, you're, you're mildly uncomfortable a little bit. But then most people tend to forget, then you go back to the, to the HQ or whatever, and they don't know what's about to come next. And you look over at your friends, and you're like, this is going to be hilarious. <laughs> and then they go in the shower, and then we all start laughing and like high five, and then crack <laughs> so beers. Like, yeah! It's like hazing. Smash it. Yeah, I was right. say, it's like <laughs> but, but the, the best part about this is, is that like, what will happen is, is so so a lot of times a lot of these journalists are are looking you know they're they're trying to figure out how to finance themselves so I've been trying to really help these guys give them you know let them stay in my hotels with me whatever so what will happen is is like four guys who have just been reporting taking off all their riot gear that's been doused in spray the whole room you're just coughing the whole night you can't <laughs> you can't stop coughing but the worst part is when I get home uh when I get home, my wife should open up the bag and it'll burn her eyes and make her yeah. cough. So we soak my gear, the water in the in the bathtub, we have to soak it out because it, it's too much for the washer to handle. It turns dark gray black. Mm -hmm. So there's so much gas in your clothes chemically yeah, that it turns the water black. It's disgusting. I, I went to a Trump rally in Fort Lauderdale and when I was going through the security line for the press, they asked me to take my, I have a sling bag that I would, because it's small enough, just be like, you, you, you throw it over your shoulder, it's a mountain climbing bag, mm -hmm. and it's very flat against your body, so it's really simple to carry. And I took it off, and they said, we have to screen all the bags. They put it down, the dog sniffed it, and the dog went nuts. And they were like, whose bag is this? And I was like, it's mine, like, come with me. And they pulled me off to the side, and they were like, our dog has alerted us to your bag. We searched it. Can you explain to us why this happened? And I was like, oh, you know, I, I cover civil unrest and conflict. And he was like, oh, okay, okay, here you go. And he handed it to me like, like, like oh, that, cool, man. It, the bag was drenched <laughs> in this stuff, man. I, I brought that bag everywhere. I, I, in Turkey, tear gas. In Brazil, tear gas. It's the pores. Of, you know, one of, my, one of the biggest things I hate about the tear gas is, so I've, I've gotten some pretty, I mean, you know, like I, I get shot up pretty often by like, I'm glad I haven't gotten the big rubber discharges. You know, like those I got some, like yeah, shells somewhere. where they just give you like massive welts. I haven't gotten one of those 40 yet. millimeter, I think. Yeah, like I get more just the balls, you know, the the, the I got pellets. shot in the face with one of those once. A ricochet What? Though. I was leaning up against the wall in Baltimore. I think this was Baltimore. And the cop shot, the, the, it, was a, it, was a, it was a round planter right next to me and it exploded into my face. And because I was crouching behind a wall, I had my goggles on my head. And I didn't pull him down because I was like, I'm behind this planter hiding. 
And when it hit the side of it, it shattered and sprayed my face with plastic bits and pepper spray. It was great. Yeah, because they have the pepper balls. And yep. I think what people don't realize, too, what always ends up happening is is I always end up getting hit pepper balls in my knuckles, which you see oh, a lot of, like, what? there's a ton of scars. Oh, and they end up hitting my hands, and then I end up getting chunks ripped out of my out of my out of my fingers so I have like all these you'll see all these like just random like scars from pepper balls ripping chunks out of my fingers and so sometimes I'll come back with holes and and I'll say but literally my least favorite part and I and I will say this more than all of this of doing this is just that it gets into your like neckline in, yeah and, and so every yep. time you sweat a little bit more the mm. water starts dripping and it feels like little like flames dripping down oh, your back no. and you're recording things and, and it just feels like needles and and it's like i don't i'm not against acupuncture but not while i'm covering right. riots, you know have you noticed traditional journalists being morons during riots Oh, they have no idea what they're doing. They're like on the side, they're freaking out. They like, have like security with them. They're like, oh my gosh, we have people firing bullets. And you're like, yes. sir, have that's you, not bullets. You, Those are pepper balls. Have you seen the video of the woman from CNN in Ferguson when the gunshots go off? And she goes, uh, oh, 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 oh. And then just like spins around and then runs. Like, well, actually, I would say not really runs because she didn't move that, couldn't move that quickly. I've seen so much of this. These people. I did run though. I was six feet away from the Kenosha incident, um, which apparently were which the first or second the first one right there. I was I was, the- I was filming I was filming a, a car. I love when people like get you though. I was like I said it was Infinity. I don't know. Someone's like it's a Nissan. I'm like those are essentially the same thing. Oh shut up! Like you can't call me fake. I don't know. I was on the side of it. It looked the body shape looked like an Infinity, and they're breaking open the windows and they're trying to light it on fire. And then good old you know young K boy comes Kyle. He comes over here and he's and he's comes to the other side of the window of the broken out window where this altercation happens um you know you can check out you know whatever but i was there and when i started hearing the bullets go because there was one that went off right before right. so i hear i hear like this and i'm like Get hit the and, deck. Then, and then i hear and it was like five or six shots Four. I, I, well i'm just saying like in the in the in the moment yeah, like, yeah. like i i don't i don't know how many i heard but then what people don't talk about is right after all the extra gunshots that started going off like up to 20 in different directions so i just ran behind a brick wall because at that point when you start hearing bullets flying all over the place this was not like that idea of not knowing what was happening i heard it and i ran it took me about 45 seconds for everything to stop for me just to run back over and see that somebody had been completely you know hit in the head but but i'm just going to say something like when there's a difference of hearing gunshots and then seeing muzzle flash and having that happen right in front of your like face, you know, yeah, like, 100%. like I mean, it is a difference. I did run because at that point I'm actually thinking my safety. It's not just like I'm scared. I'm like, if I don't get behind something now and this escalates, that might be it. Yeah, I'm Gosh. not. I'm not going to die for somebody else's crime. I always say I'll die for my country, but I'm not going to die because some idiot was vandalizing a, a like a, a car shop. Like that's, you can, if he dies for that, that's up to him and his risk. I'm not dying for your petty crime. So one thing that was really, really interesting, I was trying to fact check the other day, but I, I don't know if I can, was that the New York Times reported the dude was being chased, uh, the Kenosha kid was being chased by Rosenbaum, and then someone fired into the air. So uh, Kenosha kid turns around, and then Rosenbaum lunged at him and tried to grab the gun, and that's when he fired four shots, so the New York Times said. And so I pulled up this story from ABC 13 that says Rosenbaum followed uh, Rittenhouse. Medical examiner said he was shot in the groin, the back, the left hand. The wounds fractured his pelvis and perforated his right lung and liver. He also suffered a superficial wound to his left thigh and a grazed wound to his forehead. Is the superficial wound to his left thigh not from a gunshot? Or 
Can we just look at the first sentence there? A man known for his love of skateboarding, a Texas mm. transplant to the state, and a college student acting as a volunteer medic were killed. Like, I, I don't know if you could simp at the very top. Oh, right, right, yeah, yeah. Talk about simping for rioters. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, 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 it's unfortunate when people are killed. Whether it's even if they uh, uh, essentially deserved it, as people could say, I think it's unfortunate that people are so moronic to put themselves in situations to be, t- you know, to attack someone with a gun. I think that was stupid. Well, bring a, bring I, a skateboard I, to a gunfight. That was stupid. So here, so here's the first thing I'll say. The perspective the left has on this is that the skateboard guy sees a dude running on the street with a gun and thinks, "Oh man, I got to stop him." Right? Have you watched his live stream though? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on, hold on. Okay, I'll, I'll get you to it. So the left is saying he ran towards the shooter to try and stop him and disarm him. What they don't show you is that earlier in the night, him and Rosenbaum were threatening the kids. They, 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 they weren't heroically stopping anything. They were literally threatening the kids. and Using invading. the N-word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Screaming the N-word. These, both of these guys were doing it. Both of these guys were getting up in their faces. So it wasn't an issue where this guy was like, I'm going to disarm it. It was an issue of this guy being like, now's my chance. Do, do you want to know something? A lot of people don't know this from being there. Do, do you know why this altercation started? Why? So everyone leaves this out. I try to tell the New York Times. I don't know. I didn't read the New York Times article. I helped them build the timeline yeah. on that night, which I'm really glad. A good it's the a New good York timeline. Time. Well, good. I'm not, not the only one responsible. A few, a few very good journalists worked with them, but very, very. It's not perfect, and they didn't listen to everything that we said. But what what happened is, and what people miss, and and I tried to cover in my show was that there were uh, the owner of a gas station was guarding his gas station with firearms and with people to, from people who were trying to loot it and, and destroy it and what happened was is that the rioters who it was already an unlawful assembly this was you can say oh it wasn't fair to riot yeah, past curfew everything they had already started vandalizing breaking lamp poles etc they uh, grabbed two or three cones and I have footage of this and they lit them on fire in the street which is fine but this is about 50 feet away from a gas station so some of yeah. these um, we'll, we, I don't want to call them vigilantes they were just people that were guard, young men guarding businesses because um, I don't know if they were connected I don't know if Kyle's group and the other group at the gas station were connected but I know how the anger started towards these yeah. people right they were putting the fires yes. out so they put this fire out but here's where it got really heated so everyone got mad and this is when it started being oh F-U-N word blah 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 blah, blah going in this direction so then the rioters take a dumpster and they steal these, you know, those like advertising flags, those tall ones from like a Boost Mobile store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they start stuffing them in a dumpster that they took from the side of a residential business, or a residential house next to a, the gas station. And they light it on fire and then they push the dumpster on fire towards the gas station, which like I'm not Einstein. Uh, and I don't understand, you know, pyrotechnics like an expert, but I think a, a dumpster on fire pushed towards a gas station, you know, even though it probably won't light it on fire, it's not a risk I'm willing to take. So, these, oh man, there could be fumes. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, there could I mean, be gas on the ground. I, I just don't. Yeah, I don't want to. It's not not a, it's not it's not a good bet, right? I, I'm not going. The odds aren't in our favor. So they immediately come over uh, the the groups defending the property and put out the fire. That's what started the major altercations. Was the fact that they were putting out fires near a gas station is what really escalated the tensions and people forget that is that the reason why these people were mad despite them threatening was predominantly over putting out fires that could have threatened not only the business but everyone who was there so they were mad at good samaritans and that's what sparked their anger it shows you how demented these people really are yeah so wait, they were they were literally pushing the dumpster to the gas station. It's on my Twitter. I mean, if you go to my my Twitter at Elijah Schaefer, even easier. Uh, it's official, slightly offensive on Instagram. It's like just go back like a week or so. Watch the clip. 
they literally grabbed the dumpster, light on fire. I literally, at the end of the dumpster, I just like deadpan to the right at the <laughs> gas station. Like, not even commentary. I'm just like, because in the moment I'm going, what? Like, you don't think they, you think they were trying to do it on purpose? I hope not. I hope they're just stupid. They threw fire into the into the first floor of the condo owned by the. Uh, but that would have killed us all. Yeah. Like, we would have you, all you, died. You, you know they cemented the door shut of, I think this was Seattle, the police department, yeah. cemented it shut and then tried burning the people inside alive. Doesn't surprise They're me. They're just bad at it. And they, 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 they did it with it's the like, Portland what? PD and Mayor Ted Wheeler said, even though we all don't like this guy, he said it was attempted murder. They barricaded the entrance and exit of the, of the police department in Portland, of one of them, and then tried setting it on fire. There were people inside those buildings. So I would not be surprised <sighs> wow. if that was intentional. They wanted to, they wanted to set, you know, they said they burned at a gas station in Ferguson. They burned a gas station. Ferguson. That's what that was the like one of the first big moments of the, the flashpoints in the Ferguson riots was they they burned down a gas station and it was owned by an Indian. Uh, this is my understanding. That's what I was told by locals. It was owned by an Indian immigrant and they burned it down because they didn't want foreigners in their neighborhood. Whoa! I'm not exaggerating. That's literally can, can we, we, we publish this on Vice. It's published can I tell you on this? Vice. Is that these people really are like I, I said this? I said I don't. I'm not even going to have no sympathy for these individuals who who were who are now deceased because of their criminal backgrounds. I don't think it's a fair argument. I think I mistakenly said that Candace Owens made a similar argument for George Floyd. She didn't. She. I. I, I take that back. So I had wrong information, um, and I apologize to Candace for saying that. But I will say this: that that. I don't think, oh, just because you had a bad past, you deserve to die. I, I think them attacking someone with a gun is what warrants that person to shoot you, whether they're 17. And then people talk about this whole crossing state lines. Well, according to to, to Cassandra Fairbanks and, and Gateway Pundin, he was there actually. Well, that's the, life, defen the defense team. Yeah, was apparently his, his life, lifeguarding. And, and then people say, oh, he crossed state lines. It's like, dude, so did two-thirds i mean i mean not state right. but like a hundred of those people yeah so did most of those people it's not like he's just one guy who like came into a foreign city and was like stop destroying but, your city look 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 he worked there that's what i'm saying he was, he was a part and, of that and, city and, and what they what they have what they're what they're leaving out when they mention this is that antioch is on the border literally on the border you could walk out of your house and cross the state line oh it, yeah you you get right out of kenosha you're right there in in, in illinois you're right there it's, it's 20 miles away uh, Antioch from Kenosha. That's but 25 minutes driving. Antioch is on the border. Like, go, pull up Google Maps, look for Antioch, Illinois, and you'll be like, oh, wow, if you live right there, you could, you could walk a minute. And, and, it's, in, and, it's, far, and, it's, and it's farmland, which people don't right. understand. Very straight roads right down to Kenosha into, into, uh, into Illinois. And so you can go very fast. And I did. I'm not going to say how fast. But it's like cornfields and Legal stuff. Legal sure. Yeah, it's cornfields. So it's mm -hmm. not like this guy, you know, meandered through Gotham and, you know, had, <laughs> had to like, had to like, you know, cut the throat of Joker to get there and somehow, you know, was the biggest villain of them all. This guy literally could just, I mean, like, it's close enough and a straight shot, literally straight. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, I could work in, like, I could, like, work right there. It's normal for them. It's I like, went it's to like Antioch area, that area, to go get food. Right. That's, like, where I was traveling to get food during, it's, after it's curfew. Like, it's like a suburbs. People don't realize it. It's like, it sounds crazy. It's like, it's like, because if you say like, oh, he went from Portland, Oregon to Los Angeles. No, this is like, he went from Orange County to LA County. Yeah, it's this just would like, be like us hopping up to New York. Like, yeah. Shorter than that. And seriously. it's like, oh, it's so crazy. I, you, you went to DC from Virginia or whatever. It's like, yeah, yeah. God, that's like uh -huh. a river. Yeah, yeah. seriously. Yeah. Let's, we'll read some more of the super chats because we, we've, we've gone a little bit over, but it's cool. Next news says, Elijah risks so much to bring us the gritty real news. Thank you for having him on, Tim, for sure. And um, we have Drew from Lives Matter show yes, tomorrow, right? Do. So that'll be cool. More conversation about this stuff. Good week. Handlebar Fox says, maybe Elijah can retire once he takes an arrow to the knee. 
<laughs> Hopefully not. Please don't. <laughs> Have Tome says, how much do you know about the rabbit hole that is crime thick? Pronounced crime think. Uh, I don't know anything about it. Matthew Spillman says, cheers from Austin. Enjoy the Cheez-Its that pay, this pays for. For real, though, I started watching you a few months back, and after seeing you on Rogan, haven't stopped since. Tim, keep at it. Hope the new place is going well. It is going well, but yes. we need fiber optic line laid, and it's very difficult to do because we're in the middle of nowhere. Cody says, just found your old collab with Freedom Tunes. Funny stuff. That was awesome. Seamus is great. And uh, let's read a couple more. Scott S. says, you heard it from Elijah. Ban all skateboarders. They're the real terrorists. Someone go arrest Tony Hawk. <laughs> yep, yep. I said, no, I'm going to bring this up. Stop calling these people with skateboards, skateboarders at riots. Right? I They're know. They're using them. I have so many of them on video. They just use the skateboards to destroy property. Handy weapon. They're not skateboarders. That's like someone being like, someone has a hammer breaking out windows. And They're being like, contractor. Hammerers. She's a con- <laughs> construction worker. Yeah, you know, construction worker on the scene. It's like, no, you brought the hammer. It's like, you know, you, you're not there for, for good. You're not here to skateboard. Now, 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 as a skateboarder, I'm allowed to be offended by this. Skateboarding's not a crime. That's you, right. So there's... Uh, Skateboarders often point out there's really obvious ways to recognize when someone is a skateboarder or not. And just because you have a board and you ride down the street doesn't mean you're a skateboarder. That's, it's, it's a cultural thing. It would be like if you, if you play basketball with your friends, you wouldn't go around saying you're a basketball player. Or you filmed a video. You're no longer a journalist. Right. It's, you filmed a video. Some, most people, like a, a lot of people, I don't want to say most, but a lot of people have skateboards. They're not skateboarders. Can they ride the board sometimes? A lot of people do, and they get around with it. I think it's a terrible way to get around. But I'm a skateboarder in the sense that every day I go out for about an hour and a half or two hours, and I skate, and I know everything about it, and it's part of who I am, and I'm, I, I can speak the language. I can say a bunch of words that would confuse the average person. Like earlier today when I said I did a switch hard flip, I was trying to do a switch hard flip late 180, and I almost accidentally did a switch hard flip late frontside flip. Most people are going to be like, I have no idea what those words are. Like if I said someone did a nollie flip crook, nollie tray out, revert, or I guess it would be a nollie 540 big flip. A few, of, a few of your followers are like, yeah. Yeah, a lot yeah, of them are like, dude, that's a crazy Come trick. Come on, Tim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I used to be pretty good uh, at like nollie flip crook, nollie heel crook, but now I mostly hey, just... Hey, there's a lot of people doing good at, at, at crook. You know, there's a lot of crooks out there. I know yeah. the riots. A lot crooks. of skateboarder crooks. There's, there, there's, there's, some, there's skateboarding language I can't say because it'll get me banned. Oh, I understand that. There's so, a lot of language I can't say that has nothing to do with skateboarding. Skateboarding. So uh, in, in skateboarding, <laughs> right now, I'm, in my backyard, I have a mini ramp. It's called transition skating because it transitions from the ground up, right? Mm-hmm. Like vert skating is transition. There's a, I don't, don't, please nobody say it. We'll get banned. Don't do it. There's a word that we use to, exp- to describe transition skating. Is it like a trans- transmission on a car? It's uh yes. There's mm-hmm. a shortened word. Yeah. And it has the first letter of my name? And no, no, no. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's. At the end? It's a short, it's, it's a, yeah. a it's a word that's considered a slur. I know, I know what you're saying. Yeah, I was yeah, just yeah, trying to be. About- it yeah, ends with a Y. I know, but I was saying the... Because people just call me E. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I was yeah, just yeah. saying, yeah. like, yeah. Yep, I know it. how it's spelled, but just say... It's so I've, we've often <laughs> made this joke that, like, you could be at a skate park and talk about busting fat lines on... I'm, I can't even say it. I can't even say it. I can't <laughs> say it on YouTube. I can oh say it in private. I can't say it on YouTube. This is probably why I get so many videos age-restricted and demonetized, <laughs> because I'm finding out all these rules I didn't even know. Surprise! Well, I, I play it safe a bit, but... There's a word we use for transition skating, which is shortening, which is considered a slur against transgender people. And if you talked about everything's it, a slur against transgender people. No, but this is literally like the kind of legit. Yeah, the slur, and everyone knows what it is. But the transgender people use the, the phrase, and they're okay if you're friends with them with them using it. It's actually true. Most I mean, but that's true. But that's you know, someone made that up. 
I'm just saying people make up that people are offended when you usually talk to people. It's people that aren't actually in the group that are the most offended. offended oh, sure, sure. Them. But YouTube's offended. Yeah, yeah. I was like, people YouTube are, will get offended. Yes, of being offensive is me. I'm more offended for you than you are for yourself. And if you're not offended, it's because you're self-hating. Yeah. That's right. it. That's they the gotcha. doctrine. Yep. All right, let's see. I think we got another super chat here. Where did it go? It just disappeared. It vanished. Oh, there it is. Alternative JK says, funny enough, my friends, even my mom say, I sound and talk as fast as you. A close buddy of mine said, my face resembles you if I grow up the facial hair. Only difference is I'm 100% Korean. I should go on your podcast and do a comparison. That'd be interesting. <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, Send it up. I, I, I talk slow. People have not heard me talk fast. I, 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 I grew up being told to slow down every, every single time. It's like, do you know Quicksilver in uh, X-Men? Oh, I thought you meant the brand. I haven't no, heard that brand in a long time. X-Men right. character is super sure, speed. Yeah. He talked really, really fast. Uh, yeah, and he's always got to try and slow everything down to synchronize with the rest of people who don't move as fast as he does. And there's a line where he says, everything he does is painfully slow because he experiences the world in super speed. So everyone's moving really... Could you imagine having to wait an hour to tell someone, like, close the door, and it takes you an hour to do in your mind? Anyway... I talk too fast. <laughs> well, it's part of it's part and parcel. You have to kind of talk fast. I I slow down on purpose, but that's just because I went through a lot of speech pathology as a kid because I had a really bad lisp, and so I have to concentrate to not spit on people and to not have my tongue between my teeth. Real real yeah, story. I so I got to slow down like when I'm on a show. But other than that, people think people think I also use drugs because I used to use <laughs> well because I used to use I used to use Adderall a lot as a teenager and I lost jaw control real oh. side effect wow i really? lost that's to so my jaw shiss and i have to constantly clench because i lost like permanently lost Whoa. lost control of my jaw and it shifts a lot and it was a side effect from uh i would say using and abusing a lot of adderall for a long period of time in wow. development i think it's funny when people say that they think i'm on something and i don't drink i don't smoke I take nothing. I drink coffee in the morning. I have a, a you know, I, I have a coffee energy the drink. The Mormons will be mad. I know, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Have yeah. fun in Salt Lake. But uh, mm -hmm. the, the secret is to my youthful exuberance and my, my uh, virility is Beat exercise. Yeah, I guess. Oh, sorry, yeah, that's part Asian. <laughs> yeah. Also, but, probably uh, not drinking alcohol or using drugs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a contributing uh, factor. Drink more water. I got to do that more yeah. often. I drink this whole water. Oh, high five. I drink a beer and a water on this is set. Impressive, and I was going to grab something else to drink, but I'm just dry throating it here. I'm impressed right now. <laughs> there you go. You can't drink out of my water. So, uh, what's your YouTube channel? Okay. Uh, for yeah, those of you guys that are watching, yeah, here's my shameless plug. Mm -hmm. uh, check out Slightly Offensive, which is just youtube.com slash slightly offensive. You can look it up. Uh, unfortunately, we get a lot of problems, um, but we're still there. We're on every major platform. You can go Twitter. Instagram, Facebook, if you're a boomer, I still love you. I still produce content there for you. Um, or if you're a young person that stays connected with your grandma and boomers, you might find it there. there you go. Yeah, but check out Slightly Offensive. We got a lot of stuff. It's a podcast, street interviews. Like, it's of all variety content. And it actually isn't boring. Like, I really make it an aim to because I have attention to like I'm, I'm ADHD and I'm like all over the place so I try to make sure that everything is like pretty succinct everything's like 20 like under it's like under 30 minutes but usually like 15 to 22 minute podcast everything's like got a lot of pictures and videos and just a lot of things for people that lose attention fast and you see a lot of first hand accounts of things exploding and being lit on fire very cool and your Twitter 
Oh, my Twitter's at Elijah Schaefer. So it, unfortunately, you can't verify. Real, it's hard to verify a show page. But you can verify. Go to at Elijah Schaefer. It is very important because you actually will get a lot of news before the news breaks. Yeah. Sometimes hours before corporate media gets it, and you'll get a truer story. Yep, right yeah, on. That's why I follow you. Well, thanks for hanging out, man. We're, uh, we're about ready to wind up. So make sure that's you right. follow me on Twitter and Instagram at TimCast. There it is. Twitter, Instagram, and Parlor, And you can check out my other channels over at YouTube.com slash TimCastNews and YouTube.com slash TimCast. And you can also check out at Sour Patch Lids, L-Y-D-S. She mm-hmm. has been producing. Correct. She's so good. She's so good. You got to follow Lids. You got, <laughs> Lydia is an incredible, she has a great account. You got to follow her. There's 37,000 people. You should gain 37,000 followers. I bet that happens. Yeah. I, yeah. How is that going to, you guys got to show, you guys got to show the world how powerful Tim Pool's show is. So if you go <laughs> no. right now, if you go right now to Slightly Offensive, this is the second plug. Yes, if you go to it. Slightly Offensive and you subscribe, and if we get 37,000 people to go over and subscribe, people will know that he's more powerful than the corporate media 100%. Because yeah. he can say, I can speak a name, so I have a guest on, and they can you know, increase by thousands of people. Do I it for need, him. They're already I here. Need, but snap my fingers. <laughs> yes. Do oh. it for him. For I am the kingmaker. No, it's no, really true. No, We're taking no. out of the algorithms. <laughs> it is hard. This is where the media can't get it. Good media, they can't. Algorithms can't stop good media. And I know even though they've taken me out of the algorithm, Rhythms, by keeping relevant content and fresh content and by going on your show, people's shows, the audience still grows because people, even if the algorithms don't show it to them, thank God for shows like this that still take time to showcase people that the media tries to hide. I, it really is. I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, we're oh, yeah for to sure, man. We're going to have more people. Yeah, um, people who are on the ground and people you know who, who have experienced it straight up. I mean, someone someone asked this. I want, uh, 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 someone mentioned this in a super chat. One last question. You're a witness, aren't you? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, are they, are they asking you any questions? Are they coming to you? I mean, my videos are out there. I mean, I have, I have. They can use my video. I think they'll just. I mean, but journalists, journalists have called me. I mean, my yeah. stuff. My, they use my stuff from Washington Post, Fox News, New York Times, etc. I mean, so it's not like even ABC, etc. Have used it and asked for timestamps. I mean, they're using it to build the case. But I'm, I'm talking. I'm talking about in, in like you, you'll be called by the defense and the prosecution. I hope. I, 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 think, I hope. I think your your. You were there the whole night. You're a witness. You've got videos of it, and you can explain. And I have, an, I have an interview with Kyle, with Kyle. Exactly. I have an right. interview earlier in the night. I talked to him. Yep. We'll see how it plays out, man. Yeah. We'll see how it plays out, man. There I appreciate it. Anyway, thanks for hanging out, everybody. We will be back tomorrow at 8 p.m. live. If you haven't smashed the like button, you should do so before you go, and we will greatly appreciate it. Otherwise, we will have uh, – other than that – We will have clips up throughout the day tomorrow, and of course, I'll have content on my main channels as per usual, and we are available on all of the traditional uh, podcast platforms, iTunes, Spotify, whatever. But anyway, thanks for hanging out, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. Adios. Bye, guys.